everyone, and welcome to episode 82 of Game Time with Manny. As always, I am here with Matt. Yep, back for another episode. And yeah, and it's time for video games. Yeah. There's actually a decent amount of cool news, I think, personally. Yeah, some, some sadness, uh, which we'll get into. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, generally pretty happy news, actually, I would say. Yeah, I think so. Uh, so the first thing is... We're getting a new WWE 2K game. Okay. A new wrestling game. Are you excited? Is that, is that good? I, didn't the last one suck ass? This is going to be arcadey, though. Did you not see it? I did not see it, no. Okay, like, it, it is very much like an arcadey experience where, like, at one point, like, there are alligators that you're wrestling. Okay. I see John Cena and yes. The Rock in this uh, yes. this thing here. They are taking this in a very different direction. And oh, it... they don't look right. No, this. Why did Why do they look like that? Uh, yeah, I don't know about that, but like, it, at least they're trying to do something at least a little different, and this just seems like a smaller spinoff type thing. So okay, I have to describe this because <laughs> yes. this is wild. Uh-huh. They are like they're not really like chibi characters no. per se. It's just like they shrunk their torsos mm-hmm. and their heads are like weirdly large, but they still have the same muscle definition. So like the rock is just like a really shredded tiny torso with a comically large head. Yeah. I okay the ladies look extra crazy yeah it's an interesting look they went for but like i'm just excited to see like if this is like 20 dollars or something that's what we'd all hope isn't it 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 looks like it could be this like really dumb fun experience yeah no i'll give it that um i would rather play this than like a real wrestling game oh definitely same so yeah, so that was announced this week, and I'm guessing you just saw a wrestling game, and we're just like, oh, I have no interest in, in this at all. But yeah, when I saw the trailer, I was like, oh, they're at least trying to do something different. It's for the Switch as well. Yep. So we have that to look forward to. It can't be worse than uh, 2K. What was it? 20 or 19? Uh. I think it was 20. Okay. I, see, I don't know how the wrestling works, if it's like the, the hockey where it's the next year. So. I think it was, because then when it became 2020, it broke, right? Was that, was oh, that? yeah. They, yep. It, yep. Good stuff. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was 20. <laughs> that's, I, that's insane. I just hope this is better. That's, that's... As, as do I. Yes. Um... The next, the the next set of news, I'm just gonna kind of lump together. The Last of Us Part Two and Ghost of Tsushima officially have release dates. Yeah, June... which Ghost of Tsushima did, but now it's not that anymore. Yes, they delayed, they pushed that back. I think because uh, Last of Us is June 19th, and then Ghost of Tsushima is July 17th. Mm-hmm. I think otherwise, Last of Us and Ghost of Tsushima would have been too close together. Yeah, because Ghost of Tsushima was supposed to come out the 26th, so it would have been exactly a week later, basically. Yeah. So. so I'm guessing they were just like, let's just delay it a month. Yeah. And now they have like a month separation, which it seems like The Last of Us may be getting released a little earlier than expected because it got leaked. 
there that's crazy so sony put out a statement saying they know who leaked it yes and that's wild uh but yeah so like don't look up stuff about the last of us 2 because apparently what was leaked was direct gameplay footage from a developer right. that spoils like ridiculously major plot points and it and you have to not just you you can't only just be careful about like that I heard someone got spoiled in one of the future stories we'll talk about the Assassin's Creed. Yeah. In the day before they had the reveal trailer, they had that like artist drawing thing. Yeah. I guess someone in the YouTube chat just spoiled something in The Last of Us. <laughs> just just because like the internet is a terrible place to exit to be in, so Yeah, so that sucks. Yeah, so like Good luck uh, avoiding spoilers for the next month and a half, I would say. Uh, I think I'll be able to do it for The Last of Us, because I guess I don't really read chat. No, I don't. <laughs> Normally, and also, I don't know that I'm really going to places to look up Last of Us information. No, I'm doing my best, but you just I'm just trying to point out that it could happen at any point. Like, Oh, yeah. So, you know, it's just something to keep in mind. Yeah. Um nothing really to add there but like I'm definitely excited to to finally get my hands on those two games. Yeah, and it's good that they are actually both coming out this summer and not getting weirdly delayed indefinitely or something until the fall or after that. So Yes. I'm just excited to have something in June cuz when you look at the month of May, there's not a lot of games coming out this month. No, yeah. You know what I was thinking about not to get off track a little bit? Yeah. We have not heard anything about the the crossroads, the Fast and Furious crossroads. Oh yeah. Do you think that's still coming out? I don't know. I hope so. Boy, I want to play it. Cuz that's supposed to be coming out at the end of the month and we haven't heard anything. Well, I mean it had such a bombastic good first <laughs> announcement that they had to yeah. Oh, boy. <sighs> Are you actually going to buy that? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Are you going to buy it digitally, or do you need to get that physical? I got to get that physical release of that. Mm. It's important, you know? If it even comes out physically, I don't don't know. Let's see. I I assume it would, but maybe it doesn't. I haven't even looked. Yeah. Uh, This next one is uh, for you. I'm so excited. Fuck Ghost of Tsushima. (laughs) <laughs> I Deadly Premonition 2 is coming out on July 10th. Sweary put out a uh, tweet and it, he said, hey, it's coming out then. It was a weird uh, True Detective-esque introduction scene. It was like it looked like a, the TV show intro. It was really bizarre. Um, and some screenshots were put out and boy, does it look like... Uh, it's still going to suck just as much as the first one, and I cannot wait. Do you think you'll have less patience for it the second time around, or do you think you'll have more patience? Uh, it's got to it, I mean, no matter what, it has to play better. Like, I think uh, they could accidentally create a game, and it would play better than the original Deadly Premonition. So, like... And it's one of those weird things, because it's the kind of like plot and stuff that my brother would be interested in. And he always says he wants to play it. So like I can record it or something, but I keep saying I'm not doing that unless you promise me that you will play it because I don't, people overestimate how terrible the gameplay is. And so like, I don't want him to just quit. 
Right, because then you'll have to pick it up, right? Yeah, and like I already did that. I already right. lived that that life. So, I he says he won't quit, but we'll find out how that goes. I I, I really like Deadly Premonition. In like the plot is interesting enough, but the gameplay is just straight up abysmal. So this graphically looks the same as it did before. So I don't I don't really know. And I think they're purposely trying to not give too much info, other than that it is both a prequel and a sequel. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like it takes place after the original, but it has a lot of flashback areas to when he, the main character Francis York Morgan, first started being an FBI agent in New Orleans or some shit. Okay, and I was like, I swear he's like weirdly obsessed with U.S. culture, so I can only imagine it's going to be buck ass wild in fake New Orleans. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know, but it'll be a murder mystery, and I, I'm down. Is it set in, like, modern day, or is it, like, a specific time period? Uh, it is, so like, I guess I don't really know. I would say the original is, like, modern day. Okay. As, uh, there's, I mean, you drive cars, and there's TVs and stuff. Well, I mean, like, I mean, like, you can drive cars and in the 60s no i know but it 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 seems like it is a modern day thing it was just like the 2000s or whatever when that yeah and it's like a i don't know it's weirdly obfuscated because it's like out in the middle of nowhere like it's a small country town so it's like i guess i don't remember if it actually had a year tied to it or not right um okay no but yeah we'll fucking see this game's gonna be wild so i'm very excited um i do want to just go off a little track uh for one second Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff Keeley is having an AMA on Reddit right now. Yeah. And I asked him about his uh, picture on his contact page. <laughs> and he hasn't responded yet. So Okay. I'll, Very I'll, exciting. I, it's been a couple hours and he hasn't responded. But uh, I just wanted to throw that out there if you want to check out the AMA. It, well, I definitely want the answer to that question. I, that's, yes. that's my main concern here. <laughs> Uh, so I might have come in a little late it, when I asked the questions. The, the thread was already four hours. Oh, okay. And I don't know how long AMAs. You know, it just kind of depends on the person. But mm-hmm. I did want to throw that out there that I I asked the question for you guys. So. Okay, perfect. <laughs> uh, and I guess we'll just kind of move into the Assassin's Creed, which I had mentioned earlier. Yeah. Uh, did you see any of this? Uh, I didn't, other than that like what the main characters look like okay uh because like the day before which would have been tuesday or was it wednesday where they had just like the artist uh creating basically art yeah what that i that is just a painful reveal oh (laughs) i mean it was just i thought it was kind of neat to watch i didn't watch the whole thing in real time but like yeah. i thought it was kind of cool to to just see this person slowly making this uh photoshop uh i i assume it's going to be the uh the the cover photo for for the for the disc the physical release i oh yeah i don't know uh but yeah i thought that was cool and then it was just kind of revealed that tomorrow there was going to be a cinematic trailer and then uh, so we got a cinematic trailer of Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Yeah, what was it? Some English man declares war on the Norse people. I uh, essentially, I mean, he's saying how like the 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 Vikings come and they don't care about our land and they just kind of pillage and raid. Okay. Um, so, 
Uh, at the end of the trailer, uh, the assassin uh, whips out a hidden blade and stabs a guy, so uh, people got excited about that. I was just going to ask if there's a hidden blade, or do we just axe him to death? Nope, he has a hidden blade. Uh, that, okay. But like, and there's a moment where a guy has the axe and he throws it, so that was cool. Nice, too. that is cool. I mean, he didn't call it back because that would be... <laughs> he can't do that. <laughs> no, no, that's... Uh... <laughs> I think that's going a little too far away from trying to be at least semi-historically accurate. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I The one note that I had was that it, it just had Xbox um, logos all over it, or at the beginning and at the end. I and highly so, doubt... Oh, sorry. Yeah, that's because they paid for the... They do that a lot with mm-hmm. Ubisoft games for some reason. They just paid for the advertising. That's what I was going to say. Like, I don't think it's necessarily where it's only coming to Xbox, but I think it's going to be a case where... Because I, I know Microsoft, it's rumored that they're going to have an event sometime in May. No, um, it's not rumored it is it, happening. I guess it's not rumored anymore. Um, <clears throat> so I, I'm kind of assuming that, like it's probably going to get shown at there. Like like a gameplay footage will probably get shown at the Xbox event. So yeah, that's what people think. Um, but when the website went up for it, it's coming out on PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Series X, PC, and Stadia. So every platform that could play it in theory. Except for Steam? Well, PC. No, I thought it was just uh, Ubisoft Store. Oh, uh, well, the Uplay Store does suck ass. The Uplay so Store and Epic Store. I thought that's what I saw. Oh, interesting. That's fun. Yeah, because, uh, I mean, the Division was just the Epic Store as well, I believe. I think so, yeah. So, so they yeah. probably made some sweet deal. Um, but it also it was announced for the Series X being one of those games they talked about where... If you buy one, it's both versions. Mm. Or well, then then it was weird because the wording made it seem like maybe one of the versions wouldn't be out at the same time. Or mm. they or they tried to word it in a way where they were like, well, if they're not both out at the same time, when the other one comes out, like then you can do that. I assume what they're trying to allude is that the game is going to release before the Series X is out. Which is probably true, yeah. Because, like, the Series X, if you remember, they had that accidental gaffe where they had a release date, which it was Thanksgiving. Yeah. But, like, let's say it's going to be right around Thanksgiving. I think that's a little late to release Assassin's Creed. They I mean, usually, they usually do, do in Novembers. Uh, it's usually late October, early November, though. Yeah, which, I, I mean, if they want to try to get it out with the new consoles, I would see them doing that. But Right. I could see them like releasing it maybe like a couple weeks before, yeah. On, like PS4 and then Xbox, um, but yeah, I don't. I, yeah, that would be the, my guess. That's just weird because like then, uh, I don't know. Because if I was gonna play it on a PS5 or an Xbox Series X, I wouldn't buy the previous console version to like have that and then just play the upgraded version. I, that seems weird. But uh yeah. I but I think it's just gonna it's. I think it's going to be the same game regardless if however you buy it. No, it is, but I mean they're going to have different boxes, obviously. Um, probably, but maybe not. I don't know. I mean, I would think that they have to be. Yeah, yeah I see that's all like an Xbox thing, so I don't know like what they're going to do. Because the, I mean, just the way that they would be upgraded and then you wouldn't have to download the assets and they would just come off the disc. 
see but that's what i'm wondering if like maybe you don't maybe like you then have to download the upgrades and see that sucks ass it does but if like, that's the case like i don't think they can get away with that who knows because I, that then that would defeat the entire purpose of it in my opinion where you're just getting the base game and then like the upgrades you have to download separately yeah because especially the way i i mean the graphical fidelity and changes and stuff like those would be huge upgrades yes so that would be a bummer it would be but like i don't know like i have no idea what they're going to do but yeah we'll see they maybe they'll talk about it at their event that is happening on may 7th which i think ubisoft is also like one of the first to come out that they are doing something uh around the e3 time period right uh i believe so yeah so i mean like if we don't get any news at the xbox event i'm sure we'll get something you know in june so yeah so the the series x event is going to be only third party games they said that their first party games will not be shown and they'll only be shown later in the summer okay which probably means that around e3 time or something right uh so there were no official game announcements but people think like you said that assassin's creed will be shown because of the xbox logos in the trailer um, and for some reason, people also think that they're going to show cyberpunk. And that part of that is because IGN is doing some event in a month or two where they announced that cyberpunk would be there. Okay. So people think that they're going to show cyberpunk here as well. But I don't, I'm curious just to see what pops up, like if there will be any new game announcements or if it's previously announced things that are coming to the new consoles or what's going to go on here. Yeah, and and is this going to be like whatever the Xbox? What what do they call the other events? I don't even. Oh, know. In, inside Xbox. Inside Xbox. Or I d- I don't know. I just saw the tweet saying oh, like, okay. "Get ready for this event." It's at like ten or eleven a.m. for us, I think, in the East Coast. Okay. Yeah. Well. So we'll we'll see. I I'm curious to see what ends up coming out of that. I mean, if I if it just is like. Even if it's just gameplay of Cyberpunk and Assassin's Creed, I'll be fine with that. But do I assume you, they would do more out of it. Do you think you will get this Assassin's Creed game just because there's probably not going to be a ton of other options for your PS5? Yeah, if it's like one of the only launch games, I'll probably get it. Plus, I don't know, the concept of the Vikings is exciting and I haven't played one of the new style Assassin's Creed games. Right. So there's I can't be burnt out on it yet because <laughs> I didn't play it. So. Right. So I'll give it a go if there's nothing else that I'm super interested in at that time, for sure. I think you, I mean, like you generally like action RPGs. So I yeah, think... so I, I, th- I think I'll like it. I don't, mm. I don't think I'll dislike it at all. <clears throat> so, yeah. so that's cool. Uh, yes. And the next one is just weird. It's this the... is hilarious. So I was on Twitter some morning just like in the morning looking real quick and it was mike z the guy who is the head of lab zero the developers of Skullgirls and indivisible and people were tweeting at him like oh man congratulations indivisible's out on switch now and he was like wait what <laughs> and like he was like genuinely surprised and i was like this can't end well and so their publisher is 505 for it Right. And they it was not Lab Zero that was doing the Switch port. It was like an external uh, porting house. And they put it out on the Switch uh, just like to the 
with no announcement, no anything. It was an old version of the game because they just patched it with New Game Plus and a bunch of other stuff that they promised would come out on Switch when it launched. <laughs> and so it wasn't that version. It was like an old one. <laughs> and <laughs> I just like, how does that happen? Like, how does the developer of the product not know it just seems crazy and i didn't like follow up on it at all to see if 505 said anything about like oops are bad or something but he just was out there being like this is wild shit yeah and like he was not really happy with it no and so the other the other side of it is one the, the switch version was a backer reward yes and so you get a bunch of people in the comments being like yeah so like i didn't get a code what's going on with that and he has to be like i don't fucking know man (laughs) i didn't even know this version of the game was out i right it's a surprise to me just like it is to you and so he also alluded to that he has had a lot of problems with indivisible with 505 as the publisher Mm -hmm. and that he has been told to delete tweets where he was like criticizing things and uh is basically not allowed to say too much about why he's displeased because of like legal arrangements they've made. Right. And something similar happened with the switch version of bloodstained as well. Oh yeah. That was, a and mess. that was, and that was also five Oh five publishing that. Yes. So I wonder if it's just some weird internal issue that's going on, but I, I just thought this was interesting because normally this would never happen no that's yeah (laughs) like i can't even imagine what it's like to be a developer and you wake up to a bunch of tweets congratulating you on your game's (laughs) release on a new platform and you just hear like what (laughs) oh that's insane yeah and it's like one thing if it's like oh and it's getting positive reviews and everything went well but then it's another thing when it's just like this is not up to my standards yeah, which it definitely was not up to his standards. No. And it, se- it seems like it also had some performance issues and stuff. Right. So he was, yeah. <laughs> he and, Okay, the most fucked up part is he said, I bought it myself <laughs> to check what it is and see that it was an old version. And I was just like, oh my God. You had to buy a copy of your own fucking game that you made? This, oh boy craziness craziness so that that's really all i had about that i just wanted to Mm -hmm. get that out there because it's such a strange thing that may never happen again so (laughs) i'm sure it'll happen at some point oh we'll see we've already had two (laughs) on the switch this year yeah the switch everybody (laughs) wants to get that money on the switch it doesn't you don't even have to get permission to release it on the switch (laughs) just get it out there (laughs) just put it right out nintendo doesn't give a fuck they know that nope was this taken down or is this still up no it's still up it's 20 percent off for its launch sale as well that's crazy so like if a (laughs) publisher has an issue nintendo takes that down immediately yeah i I would assume who cares yeah i assume 505 was like no dog that's fine it's selling all right (laughs) um and this last bit of news is hot off the presses yeah just an hour or so ago yeah uh, evo is uh canceled and uh i did see um so evo is officially canceled which i mean i don't think either of us are surprised about that 
No, it is kind of strange now that like at the end of this month, a lot of places are going to move towards reopening and like mm-hmm. social distancing standards and stuff. So it's still going to try to be like less packed in most places. But that Evo's in like July. See, like, I think it's one thing to, like, maybe, like, open up some restaurants and, like, really spread people out. But when you have, like, 10,000 people in an area, yeah, it's I, that's harder to control. It also might be one of those things where they just looked at it and there would probably still not be much international travel then. Right. So that removes a lot of the part that makes Evo super cool as well. So. Yes. No. I saw that they are looking to do some type of online event. Yes. And they did not say whether or not it's going to be the same games and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that'd be kind of cool to see if they can broadcast some type of online event. I mean, it would be borderline impossible to stream that effectively. Um, yeah. Unless it was like there's an official, I mean, what most fighting game lobbies are eight people, right? <laughs> so you have a spectator in there streaming eight person, an eight person lobby, and it's like I don't know. I mean, like I have seen where like uh, people do stream online tournaments, and it is just one person in the lobby streaming, and then it's just two people, and then like they get brought in, and then they get taken out after the after the match is over, so. Yeah, and it's it's one thing because those are like smaller organized yes. tournaments, whereas like, how the fuck can you? <laughs> I feel like it would be a task and a half to have that many people in just regular pools and then like make sure they show up to their matches, make sure that it's good and works, especially online. Right. So we'll see how that goes, but I, I hope that it still is a big spectacle like evo normally is i i mean it's not going to be unfortunately but yeah um i did see all arena tickets and hotel reservations are getting refunded automatically so oh that's good yes so they they said like there's no need to call in so okay uh, there is actually one final news story I did not put okay. on here. I wasn't going to because it was a rumor, but then like 900 sources corroborated it. And that Nintendo is not going to have a Nintendo Direct uh, in June. Oh. Okay. Uh, so it was VentureBeat originally said that, and then Eurogamer corroborated that, and then someone else did, and then someone else did. Uh, so it's probably likely that it will not be during E3 time, but more the tail end of june possibly in july or in may Ooh, that's <laughs> that's a new contender enters the ring i, I don't think so no no <laughs> um but yeah so that that kind of sucks that was a right. bummer for me so see like i kind of assume that like all the major publishers kind of they all talk to each other and have a pretty good idea when like announcements are going to be happening and stuff yeah so like and now microsoft has this announcement of early may I fully expect PlayStation to announce, like, show what the PS4 is this month, which later this month. So that was a that was a rumor that was not quite as corroborated, but there's people think that it's going to be revealed in two weeks. Right. So I mean, because it is getting to a point where like, there's your manufacturing is going to start picking up. 
Mm-hmm. And once manufacturing starts, when, once like the it starts getting kind of made in factories, it's it, the look what it looks like is going to get leaked by someone. Yeah, yeah. So like, I think Sony's going to want to get ahead of th- that before you know some random person in a factory leaks it. That would be my <laughs> assumption, at least. So I would hope so. Yes, <laughs> but who knows? Maybe we'll get to the release of the PS5 and still not know a single fucking game that's going to come out on the thing. <laughs> Um, no, we know that one game. The, oh, uh, sorry. Yes. The, uh, the slash <laughs> looter. Yeah, the, the sword looter. looter. What, the f- oh, what the fuck was that called? Um, Borderlands, it was Bandai but with Nampo, swords. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> the sla- It was a slash looter, right? And then... Did they call it a slooter or something like that? They they did Godfall. Godfall, yeah. I knew it was a particularly forgettable name. <laughs> Fuck. I will not be getting that at launch, man. I'm just gonna spoil uh, it now. Yeah, it's gonna have to be a really fucked up launch for me to get Godfall. <laughs> Do you think you're more likely to get Marvel Avengers than Godfall? No really no because i think well you know who can say at this juncture i they didn't show any gameplay of godfall no they didn't so right now it's got a leg up on avengers because <laughs> uh, i have no idea what it looks like uh yeah i i don't know so like when i bought my ps4 i bought three games which was uh assassin's creed black flag marvel lego heroes and need for speed rivals okay i really only played um assassin's creed i they got a quarter of the way through lego marvel and i think that was the last lego game i played probably this is one of those things where like it's not bad it's just i had played so many lego games and it was like well this doesn't really why did i get this you know what i mean um and then need for speed rivals was just an another in a long line of disappointing need for speed (laughs) titles for me. And I was like, man, what the fuck? (sighs) So I, this time I will probably go light on the launch titles. (laughs) Assassin's Creed. (laughs) Yeah. Probably just Assassin's Creed, which, (laughs) Hey, if every new PS4 or I'm sorry, every new console comes with an Assassin's Creed game that I think is dope. I'll take it. You know, they're, they're big games that have a lot of content usually. So like, Oh, it's fine. If this is anything like Origins or Odyssey, <laughs> you got like fifty hours of content. So. Exactly. So like that's that's good for a launch game, I think, yes. because then when you're so filled up on doing all that stuff, you're like, well, it's a good thing there's no other launch games coming out because mm-hmm. I fucking don't have time for that. So, yeah. Uh, and that'll do it for the news, I think. Yeah, I don't. I don't have anything else to add. So no, yeah. Um, do you want to start with your stuff or, uh, I can go, I can go last. I'm, I'm actually super curious about one of these two that you have. Uh, until dawn, which I talked about last week, I finished that this week Mm -hmm. and, um, it was a generally like very positive experience. I did like it a lot. Um, I do have one, uh, kind of complaint. And do you, do you want to get spoiled on this or should we worry about spoilers or? Uh, I mean, I guess we should. Cause like, that's what the whole game is, right? Well, it's I, like I've... just the plot. 
it is just the plot and all i then i will just kind of keep this very light about two-thirds of the way through the game mm. it turns into uncharted one two and three if you catch. oh there's like shooting well no not shooting but like you remember what happens at the end of like uncharted games oh okay yes, yes. that's uh, okay that's a bummer yes <laughs> Because, like, early on, I, I, it was just, like, very nerve-wracking, and I was genuinely scared. But then that happened, and it just it took all the suspense out for me. So Man, remember the blue people? Mm-hmm. The fucking blue people. Yeah. What a, the blue man group attacks. It's more like Uncharted 1, but, yeah. Basically. Oh, okay. I see. Interesting. Yes. Uh, that that's was... weird. I guess I didn't know that at all, which I would think that that's something that I somehow would have learned through osmosis yeah uh so so but other than that like it was a generally very positive experience and uh if there were eight kids and only two of them survived my oh shit (laughs) so i didn't do very well were they the two you liked um (laughs) one of them was okay cool there was at least you liked one person yes the other one was okay he he was okay character okay uh, there was one moment where I was just like, man, I really fucked that up. What was I thinking? <laughs> and then I was very upset for probably a half hour. But then somebody else died, and I was like, well, I don't care about her. So actually, I <laughs> I, I, he, I hated that one character. So Okay. <clears throat> Didn't feel Perfect. bad about that one. So. <laughs> yes. I finished Until Dawn. It was like six, seven hours. Pretty good experience, except for just kind of the way they ended it. Yeah. Uh, and then I also played a lot of XCOM Chimera Squad this week. Nice. Did, I, so do you like it? I do like it a lot. Okay. I have a lot to say. Uh, so my first question is, like, yes. just to, to set it up for people, th- this is just XCOM, but it's more like, instead of procedurally generated characters and maps, it's like... Uh, a story-based kind of thing where you have set characters? It's set characters, which some people are very upset about that. I personally don't care. Yeah, I think that's cool, actually. I uh, it, It's just a case of, like, I never actually customized my characters anyways. Mm. So I just kind of left them as default. So yeah. it really doesn't bother me that much. But yes, it's the maps are no longer procedural. And they all feel a little bit more, like, bespoke. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and so they're called the Chimera Squad because you also have aliens on your team, right? Yes, you have aliens. Um, you can have... Uh, in XCOM 2, there was a new uh, like enemy introduced that was like a snake. Hmm. I don't know if you saw this thing. Uh, I have seen some of the enemies. I think I know what you're talking about. Is it the one that's on the cover? Uh, it might be on the cover. Because from what I remember, the cover is just like skulls. Uh, I don't, for some reason in my head, I like picture the head of an alien that has like six eyes. Uh, no, that's just a big skull, I believe. Oh, interesting. Yes. That's probably true. Uh, it's just a big alien with like skulls all over it. Oh, well, okay. This is not what I was thinking of in my head. No, the snake enemy is, it's like literally just like a snake with like a cobra head. Okay. But like, yeah, you can have those enemies and you just you have aliens and everybody just kind of like works in unison together. Uh, so, so that aspect is just different, but there's a lot of different like aspects with this game. Um, uh, so 
Let me see here. I'm just trying to think of because there's just so much. It, it, so I, I have a question first beforehand. Yes. How how long did you play for? I've played about eight hours. Okay, so do you think you're like almost done? I I saw people say that it was like sh- shorter than XCOM, obviously, because it's yes. like a more bite sized thing. Do you have like a sense of how long it is, or like are you close to the end? Or I anything? would guess it's probably fifteen to sixteen hours. So I, I would okay, guess that's that's halfway. cool. Yeah. Um. This just this just very much feels like a spinoff where they're trying a lot of new things. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, they... Which I guess we should probably just kind of explain what XCOM is before we get into what is different here. Boy, I've been seeing a lot of XCOM-esque gameplay recently. Yes, and um, so XCOM, it's just like a grid-style grid kind of like Fire Emblem where you just kind of move characters around the map. Mm. and then uh then you kind of attack usually with guns but there are some melee characters in in this game as well but Mm. each attack has a percentage of like likelihood that it'll hit and unless it's a hundred percent there's always (laughs) a chance it's gonna miss it's gonna miss yes (laughs) they like you could have a 95 percent chance and sometimes you will miss on that 95 (laughs) percent and it is it, it's devastating when that that's happens. that's brutal yes uh but uh really one of the big differences between this is just how the the map in game is different because in xcom 2 which you said you've seen your brother playing this some yeah it's a big like big huge map that is just procedurally generated and probably 90 percent of it is just kind of black and you're just kind of moving characters around yeah and a car a occasionally you what they call popping a pod and that pod is then just full of uh aliens mm-hmm. and so like you end up getting ambushed in and you just never know when you're going to get ambushed by a bunch of aliens uh in XCOM Chimera Squad the new one they took that out completely oh and instead it's individual screens like a screen is just one room and you just basically take out all the enemies in that room, and then you move on to the next room. And uh, and that that is all initially done when you start a new screen. Is it it's called a breach mechanic? And breaches you basically just start on the outside of a building, and then you'll see like a door, maybe some windows, and then you can kind of pick which units you want you want this unit to go through the window, you want this unit to go through the door, and then these two to go through the window. And then you just kind of initiate the breach, which you then just see the units fly through the doors and the windows. And then it just kind of stops time, and then you can just kind of... Sh- each each character then gets, like, one action or one attack. So then you get four attacks, and then, and then at that point it goes into the more traditional XCOM style where, you know, it's top-down and the characters are then in, like, the grid. Mm. And then the other big change is... It used to be kind of like Fire Emblem where uh, it was your units would go and then the enemy would go. You would play all your... And now they've completely taken that out and instead it's just like a... Each... uh, it, It kind of like one of your character goes and then one of the enemies go then one of your characters go and then one of your enemies go and you can kind of see the turn order in the upper left hand corner. Uh, is that like set or is it like speed stat based or some stat based thing? It seems like it depends on like for the breach, whoever you put in first, second, third, and fourth. Okay. Uh, that seems to be like how the, the order gets established. 
Uh, so yes, they, and so what that does is it creates this whole another element of strategy, in my opinion, where like sometimes you'll be like, okay, I this next enemy is up. Like after I attack, this next enemy is up. I only have a forty percent shot at him, but then I have another like ninety-five percent shot at the enemy that's further down the list. Do I take the risk and take out the next enemy, or do I just play it safe and take out the? you know, the 95. So I, I do think that is uh, kind of switching up the, the strategies with the game as well. Mm. Uh, so uh, let me just... Oh, and then another huge game change is there's no more permadeath. Oh, okay. What do you just like get people up after the battle or something? Uh, yes, basically. Which um, once you clear out a room, then they're uh, and and then they're just kind of taken away. And then if it if uh, so, like you lose uh, you lose an, a unit inside one of the maps, mm-hmm. or you know, in one of the screens or whatever. And let's say there's like three screens per. For, for like the level or whatever because like between each screen you do like one of the breaches mm. so like you take out all the enemies but you lose one of your troops you can then bring in like a, a backup to basically fill in that fourth slot and then you just kind of breach with four people again but this time you have the backup and then at the end instead of like losing that enemy or losing that troop completely they get the the unit gets scarred what is called scarred and then they just kind of have like a permanent status of like negative status effect hmm. uh, for the rest of the game or until you can kind of like remove that that's cool so it's it's a little less punishing which i kind of appreciate because i i would say the permadeath was one of my least favorite aspects of the the old games yeah just because like you would spend so much time leveling up these characters and getting them stronger because every time they level up they become much more accurate so like so losing one of your high-end characters and then having to basically start over with a a a worse character all of a sudden now you're gonna have a lot more shots missing and stuff and it just became so punishing if you you lost one character to the point where it was just like it was better to just redo an entire battle than lose a character Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, that's that's kind of been XCOM Chimera Squad. It's um, it definitely feels like a spinoff type thing where they are trying some different things. Probably just kind of seeing what people like. It, and we may see a couple of these uh, these changes in XCOM Three, which before this I was actually kind of wondering if we'll ever see an XCOM Three, but now I feel like it's pretty much a guarantee that we're going to see an XCOM Three. Yeah, it's weird that this just came out and Gears Tactics came out. Um, my yeah. brother's been playing Gears Tactics. It took it was an arduous process to get that to install. Mm. I gotta hate the Windows Store. Um, yeah, there was like a hidden program that we had to update. It was fuck. It was wild. Mm. He would click install and then it would error out immediately, and it was like, mm, what's happening? <laughs> And then the only error it would give is like it's something went wrong on our end, and it was like, okay, well, can you can you fix it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but anyways, I watched him play some, and that game seems really cool. I actually kind of want to give it a try. 
Yeah, I want to try that, but like going from Fire Emblem to this. To this, to that is probably a little extreme. Yes, to then playing. Yeah, I was just like, you know what? I'll wait a month. I'll probably try that, you know, sometime here and later in May. I don't need to to play three tactics games like back to back to back like that. So the one thing I saw in it that was kind of cool is it like sort of has the equivalent of Doom's glory kills. Mm hmm. So, like, they have the chainsaw, so then you, like, run up on them, and when you kill the locust with your crazy attack, then you get, like, health or ammo or something back. I also saw that, like, instead of where XCOM, it's just, like, two actions, you get actually three actions with... uh, Yeah. Which it seems like that would just kind of make it... Make it feel like it flows a little bit better as well. Yeah, and so just, like, watching him play a little bit, he had two characters that were not procedurally generated. Like, they were just, like, gears that looked just as dumb and bulky as Marcus and all them. Right. Uh, And then there were, like, randomly generated recruits as well, but they just looked more like regular human beings. And yeah, it's it it just looks interesting. Uh, the what? only thing I've seen is that the first boss is maybe too hard, because mm. uh, he complained about it a lot. And I saw articles. When you see articles trying to tell people how to beat the first boss of a game, yeah. maybe not a great. <laughs> but I I don't know if that's the case because I haven't seen it. But I've I've seen a lot of people complaining about that first boss. So. Yes, and I also I think I heard that like. One of those main characters is actually Kate's dad. Oh, really? I, I, I don't know the answer to that. Yes, I think that's what I heard, but I might have misheard that. So, And I know you get Coltrane, but I don't know if that's just because he's a DLC character, if he's like part of the story or not. Well, it's a prequel, so like I guess that could happen. I guess, because he is definitely DLC, but mm. I guess I, I don't know if that's like he's in the main game or not. Yeah, so, that I I won't know until I get a chance to sit down. And yeah, so XCOM action. Yes, wow. and I, I'm really enjoying it. I definitely would have... I think you would actually enjoy this, and it, I think it's for you it's been a while since you've played like a tactics game. Yeah, it's been. But at this point, like I, I would have definitely recommended it when it was $10, but I don't think it's... Uh, I think it's up to 20 now. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah, I have Game Pass, so if I was going to play one, I could just play Gears, I think. So. I, where Gears, I do think, from what I heard, it is longer than you'd want it to be. That's probably true. Because I think so. it's like 25, 30 hours. That's not too bad, I think. I Yeah, I guess. Um, that is just one complaint I heard, that it gets a little long in the tooth. But you yeah. don't mind longer games, so I guess that doesn't matter too much. No, yeah. For you, so... Because I beat Persona 5 Royal. Yeah, I guess when you play, when you compare 25 hours to like 125 hours. Uh, Yeah, it took me about 120 hours uh, to see the final credits. So yeah, it's a fraction of that. And so, I, man, I really like Persona 5 in general. And mm-hmm. so I, I did really like Royal. I do see the issue that a lot of people have where they wished it was like a DLC add-on. Right. Uh, One of the things that's weird about that, though, is you would just have to replay the whole game. And like as a DLC add-on, that's kind of weird. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because there's no way they can just like add the new content into the format of Persona and then be like, okay, now you're doing the new stuff. Like you have to do the whole thing. So that that would be weird. But... 
it does add enough. And so like at the end, I can say definitively that I do think that the quality of life differences and the new scenes they added throughout the main game are worth it alone. Like there is no scenario in which someone who has never played persona five and is looking to do it now should not play Royal instead. Right. Just because it is that same content, but with more of it. Um, and just better in general. Like I had talked about it the first time I talked about it, but like you don't have to go to sleep as often, so you just have so much more time to do stuff. Uh, but the the th- so the the part that they did add the new third semester is probably like fifteen to twenty hours long, and it is a lot of plot. I cannot at all talk about what the plot is even remotely like because it would spoil the entire plot of the original Persona Five and then a lot of other stuff. <laughs> I did hear that they basically added another act and a new character, right? Or they expanded upon a character. They expanded upon a character, yes. Okay. Uh, and so there, there is a new character, and she is in the main game they added her in, but the part where you play as her and learn more about her is in this new part. Okay. Um, so you essentially have two new party members uh, during the new part, which is cool. Uh, one of them is that girl, and the other one is a character who I cannot say. <laughs> right because that would be a massive spoiler uh and it just it's it's fun because it does give more context to all those characters and it's just like you're spending more time in that world with characters that obviously if you played the hundred hours to get there you like them because otherwise you would have quit long before you get to this point yeah i mean like especially if you played the first one and now you're playing this one i mean like you're yeah so it's just it adds more content and the stuff that you like uh by the end of the game i was like comically broken uh the new some of the new systems they added to personas like they give them inherent traits sort of like pokemon abilities right uh and some of them are just like i had one of the best personas in the game and all of my magic skills cost half magic and that's just (laughs) it's ridiculous like i shattered everything and so in the final dungeon the enemies are supposed to be really hard you get an ability pretty early on in the game where if enemies are drastically weaker than you you can just run up to them and they'll die without you even going into battle i could do that to every enemy in the final dungeon oh nice so like i was level 99 in the final dungeon obviously the max level so i could run through all that stuff um it it would take a lot longer if you did not have that ability so i probably cut off like an hour or two because of that because i wasn't actually battling at the end uh the final boss was wild um and i think it was it was not my favorite JRPG boss because I I like JRPG bosses where you have to figure out what to do. Not ones that are just like a battle of attrition. Right. So I got so mad because I was doing well, but the battle took me, I was in it for an hour and a half, which is too long for a battle uh, way too long. Okay. Wait, I just want to stop you for a second. Yeah. You were level 99. Yes. And it took you an hour and a half. Yes. Okay. And so I was not doing well. And then it did a move that killed everyone in one shot. Mm. And I found out that that's because I took too long. Like if you take too many turns, it just kills you. And I was like, I was just in this battle for so fucking long. 
you can't make me do this again. Uh, but I, I had like figured out the strategy, so I was able to do it much quicker the second time. Okay, which is no, good. That's, yeah, that's. Uh, but it still is just like one of those things where I, it's not necessarily a great boss design. I don't think because it was just like, oh, this is just meant to take forever. Right. Uh, and so the, the new ending is very good. I think it is a more complete ending. Uh, initially, the ending of Persona Five kind of like. While it's sad and I think it's good because you just you like those characters and everything, it kind of leaves a little bit to be desired and doesn't answer all the questions I had. Whereas this is definitely like more or less closes the book on that story arc. Do you think this is just makes the game just completely better? Yeah, definitely. Um, and they they do leave some plot elements that lead into the Dynasty Warriors game that'll come out in the U.S. soon. Um, okay. So I'll play that. Mm-hmm. But some of some of those additional elements, I know people really like those post credit sequences. I actually think that they take away from the game a little bit. Okay. Just because it's one of those things where it like removes the finality of it. Right. And it's just like, oh, but like, did you see this? And it's like, man, fuck that. I don't I don't need to see this shit. Yeah. I so it was weird i mean especially after you've been in that world for so long it's like did i really need this tease for this other thing that like i don't know yeah i feel like i mean like post credit sequences they're great for like teasers for something like new that's coming out uh Mm -hmm. like god of war had one but like you knew that there was a direct sequel coming out to it yeah where this it seemed like the next persona game is going to be something completely different yeah it'll be completely different so it's just one of those things where it's like i personally didn't like those parts i've talked to a lot of people and most people do enjoy them but i can't really get into why i I don't without spoiling a lot but i I do think it is just it is it makes what i considered a great jrpg even better Mm -hmm. and so i I just had a good time right so that's cool i do want to just put into perspective here Mm -hmm. i played ori I've played and beat Ori, Doom, The Pedestrian, Lena's Inception, The Supper, and I'm playing through XCOM Chimera Squad, Manny. Yeah. All of that has taken about 51 hours. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's a long, it's a fucking long game. It's a, yeah. Jesus. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. I, I can play like 20 games in the time it took you to play that. Exactly. <laughs> That's just insane to me. Yeah. But yeah, and also you've been playing uh, Final Fantasy VII. Yes. So the last time I talked about this, I was not a huge fan. I have done a complete turnaround on this game, a 180. I think the Final Fantasy VII remake fucking rules. Awesome. Uh, And so it's weird because I have had numerous conversations with people who have beaten it, whereas I have not yet. I people really like it and i know some people who really hate it uh and whereas i think that in the end i'm gonna land somewhere in the middle and that's because i so it's weird because like i said i really like the first 40 minutes and it just feels like a big bombastic like oh man this is the same thing but amped up with new graphics and a new battle system then I think that the reason I wasn't so big a fan is because I think the next two and a half hours after that are bad because 
everything is so fucking slow. It adds in a lot of new plot elements that I think are not great. And then it has you do these dumbass side quests that are not fun at all and add nothing. And so then I finished those side quests right after I started playing the game again. And then that's when I started to enjoy it. And I think most of the reasoning is because of the battle system. Whereas when it comes to RPGs, I generally enjoy turn-based systems more than action-based systems. Right. But this, I think, does a good job of bridging the gap between action and turn-based, whereas it's somewhere in between. So you still push a button to do an attack, but then to do abilities or... Um, magic, you kind of pause time to do that. And so it's one of those things where you're basically doing normal attacks to get your uh, ATB gauge up, which is the active time battle system. You have two gauges and you can have them fill up by attacking. And most actions take one portion of that gauge, but depending on how strong it is, sometimes they will take two. Um, And so it's one of those things where it's basically it is action, but also it pauses a lot. Mm -hmm. And at first, I think a lot of people when they're just starting don't like the battle system that much because you don't realize the potential of it. A lot of the enemies in the beginning, you can kind of just mash the regular attack and you're going to get through. This is going to make me sound like a jackass because it's the thing that I hate about Kingdom Hearts 2 fans where they say like, oh, well, you just haven't experienced the true battle system. Like, you got to get to the more difficult battles, otherwise you haven't experienced it. Whereas I kind of do feel that way about this game because it's one of those things where when the battle system is at its best is when I feel like you're just slightly overwhelmed with the amount of things going on because you could just control one character, like you could just be Cloud the whole time, but that's not an effective way to play the game. Uh, whereas like if I was playing a tales game, like tales of Asperia or something, I usually only use the main character right for the whole game. Uh, but in this, what's weird is because you can individually control each character and they feel so different and you can switch between them whenever you want to. Uh, it's really cool to play as other characters. First of all, just because each character feels really different, but also the character that you are controlling takes all the aggro. So it's one of those things where you have to try to set up what you want to do. So you set up stuff with the character you're controlling and then move to a different character so you can actually do stuff when they're not being pulling all the aggro. It's just weird, and it, it acts like an interesting balancing act, sort of, that I enjoy. Um, and it, it allows for, like, builds and stuff, and that that's one of the main issues that I have with the original Final Fantasy VII is none of those characters in battle feel unique. Because the way the materia system works is you slot the spells into their weapons and anyone can take any role. So it removes all individuality in battle. Outside of outside of like some of them will have like slightly higher base magic or something. You know what I mean? Whereas in this, like when you're playing as cloud, he has this huge heavy sword and he has a unique thing where he can go into punisher mode and like do parries and stuff. Whereas then 
Tifa like legitimately feels like a fighting game character. Like you're doing all these sick punch combos and you can like actually fucking juggle enemies and stuff. And then if you mix that in with the abilities, you can do all kinds of insane combos or as like Barrett, the way I use him is he has so much more health than everyone else. So I'll use him like a tank and he has abilities that he can take damage instead of other characters as well. So like you can, really use him as a ranged guy or just as like a dumb tank and then Aerith oh my god what a character she is busted beyond my wildest recognition she has all this shit where she can set up circles on the ground so that if someone is standing in there all the spells they cast happen twice and it just oh my god you can set up just like the most broken shit and it's just something that I really enjoy but where it is both cool and slightly falls apart is every time there is plot, man. The voice acting is all over the place. And sometimes it's really good. But then there are some times where it's just like, holy shit, this is awful. There are scenes where like characters are dying or very hurt. And those scenes are not supposed to be funny. But I, boy, <laughs> was I laughing. Just some of them are just, I was... I actually texted someone and said, man, when you said this part was bad, you were not kidding. Like the voice acting in this particular section, I think is abysmal. Okay. And no, not to spoil anything, but like, like, is it, is it clouds voice actor or is it just, so a clouds voice acting is not great. And he sounds like an emotionless twat. I, that's what um, I like. It just felt like he was very stiff and like had no, like it, not as bad as like Shenmue. Yeah. But like, it was definitely like the voice acting direction was basically that where it's just like be stiff and don't and have so, any emotion. Cloud is weird because I, I can't tell where that's going in right. the original game. Cloud is also an emotionless twat. Well, it's yeah. one of the reasons that I really don't like the character in general, but in this, I can't tell if the voice actor sucks or if he's trying to be like that. And it could be a mixture of the two. It could, it could be a mixture. And then, but there are then like scenes where he's showing emotion and it's like not any better. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think that Aerith's voice actress is awesome. And I did, I don't like that character in the original game because when they write her lines out in text, it makes her sound like a know-it-all. <laughs> and oh, then yeah. like, she'll say like sarcastic things and you'll be like, wow, what a bitch. Well, yeah, sar- the- <laughs> sarcasm would not come over well in like a text. Yeah. And so then in this game, she's mm-hmm. just, she's so funny. I think like she's such, she's such a dick to cloud in the best possible way where she like makes fun of him for being emotional. Some of my favorite scenes so far are where like you are, you just have cloud and Aerith for one portion and you you're solving these puzzles by lifting stuff up with these robot arms. And there's three of those puzzles throughout the dungeon. And each time she goes to like put up both her hands, like she wants a high five and he doesn't do it because he's such an awkward fuck. And she just is like, she brushes it off and is like, okay, it's totally fine. The last time he goes up for a high five and she doesn't do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just, it's so good. I just, all of her moments and when she gets together with Tifa, I think she's really great. So it's one of those things where it's just, it's all over the place where some characters are fine and some are awful. 
Barrett's voice actor is one where it's just like, I don't know what's going on here. Cause sometimes when he's interacting with his daughter, I, I think it's fine. And then there are other times where he just is being weird and bombastic in a situation where nothing is happening. Right. And so th- that stuff is weird. And the game still continues to be linear, but I don't mind it as much because mm-hmm. it's one of those things where you can, you can see the seams of development. And it's one of those things where I'm, I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt because the textures in that game, for the most part on characters and like, it looks awesome. Like the, they look super good. And so when you're going through those narrow corridors and shit, it's for sure just masking a load time. And it's one of those things where would I have rather had the game look worse, but not have those sections. And I, I don't think so because I don't know that it would add that much. Right. So I, I, for the most part, a lot of that stuff I'm fine with. It is weird though, when you'll see textures on like walls and windows and stuff and they don't load in and they're like, Ooh boy, this is fucked up right now. Um, it, yeah. It, I, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go, go ahead. I was just going to ask like at the end of the year, when like people are deciding like game of the year, this game is definitely going to be talked about. Uh, by a lot of people is this going to be a case where you're like i don't quite get it or do you are you going to be like okay it's not necessarily my game of the year but i at least get it no i I definitely get it okay like it's definitely not going to be my game of the year but i do get it and at first i did not like at first i was just like man what there's got to be something i'm missing here and so the thing that i think is pulling me in is more the battle system uh it it is doing a good job of retelling most of the story of the original final fantasy seven up to this point, the parts that I don't like, and and this is going to make me sound shitty. And I I'm no, by no means am I a final fantasy seven purist. Like I've made it pretty clear that I'm not a huge fan of the original anyways, but all of the parts, it's not because I wish that they were like original final fantasy seven. It's just because I think a lot of the new elements are not great. (laughs) So all the parts where they throw in Sephiroth because they're like, you know, Sephiroth, right? He's a big part of Final Fantasy. Like those just are kind of annoying. Whenever Cloud has a magic headache, it's annoying. They add in these weird ghosts that are like not explained anywhere. And I don't understand their role yet, which I think comes in at the end of the game. But I find all those parts like just kind of annoying. Uh, so, so we'll see. And I have seen a lot of people say that they like the game and then the ending totally ruined everything for them. And I don't know if that's because they were huge final fantasy seven fans and it deviates super drastically, which I, I know, I know that it deviates very drastically. Right. Uh, but I don't know what happens, which is kind of surprising that somehow it hasn't been spoiled for me yet, but I'm glad I, I am in chapter 14 and there are 18 chapters. So I think I will either be able to finish it tonight or tomorrow night because I'm 24 hours in and usually the average playthrough is 30 or like 34, 35 if you did a lot of the side quests, which I did. Mm -hmm. Um, So so I'm like between five and 10 hours away from finishing it. Now, what is your current character level? I'm just curious. Uh, I am 28. So it's very clear that you're going to end up probably like 30-ish. 30s, yeah. 50 is the max level. And I'm just wondering, like, then it'll be very obvious that your character level will just transfer over to the next one? Or do you think you'll start (sighs) back at one? 
I so one of the things that I think will happen is there is a part in the original game where all of your equipment and magic is stolen. Okay. As like a side quest, I think that's how they're going to get away with resetting them in the next game. But they, I, I think I think they're just going to have that person steal all your stuff. Okay, that works once. It does. And that's, <laughs> that's you know, I, I don't know. It, it, it's weird, though, because it's one of those things where I would have expected the max level to be 30. Right. And then they keep going, but it's 50. And it's weird because you have to get to 50 if you want to do hard mode. Like, hard mode is tuned in a way that it is for max level characters. Okay. So it's just like... I don't know. I haven't been there, but hard mode's wild and you can't use items or uh, heal at resting points and stuff, which is fucking crazy. Um, That has me wondering if they're going to go more like the Mass Effect 1 to 2 route, where it's just like, if you're level 30, you start at level 2. If you're level 50, you can start at like level 4 or 5. Yeah, it's it's weird because I I just I have also heard people say that the ending of this game means that the rest of it will be wildly different. So I I'm really curious to see what actually happens. Right. So it it could be something in the ending is like, "Oh, that's probably how they'll go over to the next game." Yeah, it's kind of a bummer that you and I have yet to play a game that we both liked. So we yeah. haven't, we haven't been able to have a spoiler cast yet. Yeah. I so depending on how I feel about this ending, I might ask Nukio and Scott to do one with me. Okay. Because Scott more than anything in this world wants me to talk about the ending of this game with him. Okay. He thinks that I'm going to get so worked up immediately that I will call him right then. <laughs> and uh Nukio also texted me and said that he beat it and he liked it more than he likes original Final Fantasy VII, he thinks, and that he's really curious as someone else who doesn't like the original that much, how I feel about it. Okay. So I'm, I'm interested to see what other people's opinions are because I've heard, like I said, I've heard wildly different ones. Like I, I've been talking to someone recently who fucking hates the game and they didn't play the original. So do you think I'd be in that camp where I maybe not hate it, but definitely not like it? Uh, I don't think you would like it, but I don't I don't think that you would hate it. You know what I mean? It's one of those right. things where I think before you got to the point where you hated it, you would just say, I don't, I'm good. Like, I'm just not going to play the rest of this. And that's what I do a lot of times. And that's kind of what I did with the demo where I didn't yeah. hate it. But I was just like, this is everyone's talking about how this demo is like one of the greatest demos of all time. And I felt very nothing about it, which I had told me everything I needed to know about that game. Yeah, so I like I I really like that demo, um, and then that's where the parts that happened right after the demo really bummed me out. Right. Uh, yeah, but it's just one of those things where the person who keeps talking to me about how much they hate it, they're someone who I think should like this game a lot. Okay. That's... And so that that's where it's kind of weird. That is. So I'm actually telling them that they should play the original because I'm super curious how they feel about that. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know I this will probably be the last time I talk about this game uh, on the podcast, just because the only other really thing that I would have to talk about is the ending. Right. Just like I, I I do like the gameplay and I do think the story is good enough at capturing what happened in the original final fantasy seven. And yeah, good, good battle system. It is pretty linear, but I think if you play the demo, you have a pretty good idea of what you're in for, for a lot of it. 
Yeah, you so, have no reason not to play that demo. Just try the 45-minute yeah. demo. It does suck that you'll have to replay that, that area again, but at least you'll yeah. not spend $60 on something you don't care for. So Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's all I got. Next yeah. week, I don't... I Who knows what I'll talk about? Um, yeah, that'll be interesting. Yeah. Do you have any idea of what you even want to play? I kind of want to play the original Final Fantasy VII again, but... Um, We'll see how that goes. Can I make a suggestion? What is that? Uh, Ori. I yeah, I kind of want to play Ori, and I have to finish Pirate Warriors. Uh, but Pirate Warriors, I can literally just turn my brain off and watch something while I play. So right. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. So, um, you ready to start talking about more Square Enix games? I am. Most of them, I do not like. Um. I know you like a couple of them. I like a couple of them very strongly, but boy, this is this an, fuck this company. This is an interesting list. Yes, yes. Um, Deus Ex: Mankind Divided is the first one on our list. Did you play this one? I tried it. For okay, a couple hours. Did you play the first new Deus Ex game? No. Okay, so I played the first the Deus Ex reboot. Right. Uh I I did like it enough. Like it was okay, but it was right. one of those things where I was I was like I I'm not going to play another one of these. Yeah, and it does seem like they took what was wrong about that first one and quote unquote fix it and make it better. Where like that first one if you went with like a stealth build like the boss battles just were broken and didn't work. Mm. in that original where in this one they definitely made it so you can kind of do different paths and really kind of stick to those paths uh for me my big thing is like i just don't like these like system shock bioshock type games mm. uh i i just don't find like the gameplay uh that much fun i i prefer like i don't know what exactly it is but they just they don't click with me and a lot of times it's just because i don't think the combat's that fun and that was kind of this game well, the combat in this new Deus Ex games I don't think is fun no, at all. No. But, like, it also just... It's one of those things where the original game was meant so that you could tackle anything in any way. Right. And then the reboot was not like that quite as much, although it gave you the illusion that it was. And even then, like, just the shooting didn't feel like good shooting or anything it, it was just a bizarre it was a bizarre game it was bizarre and like it wasn't necessarily bad it was just very kind of average i guess you could say well yeah and then this was very much mankind divided is very much just like a sequel yes and it was like the same thing again yes so it's and it, it was odd for sure yeah huh i just googled this and i guess like it's now DR DRM free, and this was as of a day ago. So like, yeah, developers do that a lot now, where they put in a, go super hard on the DRM initially, and then once they feel like they've gotten the majority of the sales out of it, they will remove that stuff. Well, the reason why I bring it up is like, that's usually maybe a couple years after this has been like a long time. Years, so it just seems really late. So I don't yeah. know. That's weird. That is uh, weird. I don't really have a lot to say about this game other than I didn't care for it. Yeah. And the next one, Dissidia Final Fantasy NT, I don't even know what that game is. So It is a Final Fantasy uh, f- 3D fighting game. 
uh, and by fighting game, I mean it's an arena battler. So okay. it like plays similar to things like Virtual On. And I don't really like this style of fighting game. I played the original two Final Fantasy Dissidias on PSP. And they were interesting enough because you would like get Final Fantasy characters you like and level them up and you could get equipment and find new abilities and costumes and stuff. And I liked that aspect of it. The part I did not like where was where people got weirdly competitive, like it was a real fighting game in it. And the new game, this new game, NT, it started as an arcade cabinet. And so then they ported it to PS4. And it doesn't have any of that like story mode or equipment stuff that I find interesting and is just like a straight up weird 3D fighter where everything is right unlocked right from the beginning. And that's just not my jam. I I saw a lot of people play the beta of this and it just is one of those things where it's like this looks like an okay 3D arena fighter, but it's just you know, this is the third or fourth time they've done that same game. And this doesn't look like it has that much to add to it. I think the main thing was instead of one V ones, this was like a either two V two or three V three. I believe like it was not just, you didn't just have one character on the field or something. It was weird. Anyways, I not a big fan of Dissidia in general. So it was weird. I thought it was bizarre that they even ported this to the PS4, to be honest with you. God, I'm just kind of like clicking through this, like, like launch trailer and it's just like it's not really showing any gameplay but then it's cutting to like people playing at like a fighting game tournament and then it's so it's just like real people just like high-fiving or like getting excited in between these like cinematic moments it's just like a really weird that is weird weirdly cut trailer (laughs) And then it's just like people talking about the game, I guess. I'm not listening, obviously, but like, yeah, um, yeah, that trailer did not really tell me a lot about the game. But <laughs> I guess it was at fighting game tournaments or something. I that sounds fake to me, but <laughs> <laughs> who knows? Um, yeah, so that that's a game that exists that I didn't know existed. It is. Uh, so then Dragon Quest Builders 1 and 2. Yes. I so badly want to play Dragon Quest Builders 2. Uh, these are Dragon Quest games, as you can imagine by the title. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they are sort of like have like a Minecraft-esque building system. And it's not one of those things where you just like aimlessly build and do whatever you want. People give you uh, like recipes and say like, hey, use this many bricks with these specific items to make my house yes. or something. Right. And so you go through and do that. And the the complaint that I saw from a lot of people about the first one, and I don't know if it's as true of the second one, is you would completely build up a town and then just go to a new area and leave all that stuff you had done behind. Right. And so it didn't like have meaningful upgrades in that way. Uh, the second one, they it's similar, but like you start out and it's like a central island, oh, and then okay. you keep that island, and then you go off to an area, you build that up, learn some new abilities, but then you can take all that stuff that you've learned and take it back to the original island. So you just keep going back to the original island. So they did kind of retrofit. Yeah. they did fix that aspect of uh, one. Yeah, so I think I think that's more in line with what people wanted to have happen, right? Yes. Uh, but every everything I heard about this was very positive. Like people weirdly liked the original, and I assume that's why they made a sequel. Uh, my the one complaint I remember hearing is 
because there's like co-op because like these are games that you'd want to play co-op in it takes like a weirdly long time before you unlock the co-op and it's like and by long time i mean like 30 plus hours into the game you finally can start doing like co-op with people no interesting that is weird yes so that is a weird little thing so i don't i don't know like the gameplay reason why that is but i assume they made some like gameplay reason why you don't get co-op until much later into the game yeah um but yeah it has all that dragon quest charm like i know a lot of people who don't really play dragon quest anymore that played this and were like having nostalgia for the original nes games and shit just because of the way the music is and you see a slime and get excited and stuff like that so well, and like like one of like the main villains just kind of like follows you around doesn't it uh i think in the second game yeah yeah in the second game like because yeah. i don't really know like the names of any of the characters but i do you remember yeah. someone talking about how like like the main villain in like one or in Dragon Quest one or two then is just following you around in Dragon Quest Builders? Oh, interesting. Yes. Um, so yeah, these were generally very positively received. Uh, so yes. I I, th- I think they're going to make a third one uh, almost certainly. So yeah, I would not be surprised if they made a third one. And is this just kind of like a separate team from the the Dragon Quest team making? Yeah. This? So. so. That's and, cool. And there's another Dragon Quest, and it's Heroes? No, what is Dragon Quest? Heroes? These are Dynasty Warriors games, baby. Okay, that's why. So I... uh, they made a Dragon Quest Dynasty Warriors game, Dragon Quest Heroes. I actually, at one point, had a copy of the second game and returned it because I <laughs> had canceled my pre-order originally, and then I didn't realize I had ordered it twice. Oh. So I was like, I canceled this and looked, and was like, oh, shit. Sent it back. Uh, but I... This is one of the only Dynasty Warriors spinoffs of the past decade that I have not played. Um, and it was just one of those things where at the time I just didn't want to play a Dynasty Warriors game. But they did interesting things, and I think a lot of the mechanics that they introduced in this are now in a lot of the other spinoff games. Like, they made it so you can fight ridiculously large enemies. They uh, did stuff with, like, magic so that the enemies have weaknesses. Um, and I know that that's in the new Persona one, and a lot of the big enemy stuff is in the new uh, One Piece Dynasty Warriors game. But, but for all intents and purposes, these are just Dynasty Warriors games that have most of the main characters slash party members from Dragon Quest games. Uh, and there's not much more to say about it than that, other than that generally they're pretty well-regarded Dynasty Warriors games. And that's that's really it. It seems like a lot of these spinoffs have been well received. Uh, yeah, and I never know if it's because they're actually good or if it's because people like Dragon Quest that much, or just they they really like Zelda, or they really like. I don't even. I can't even think of like. Oh, they did like a Fire Emblem. One yeah, well. that one is bad. Uh, is. But yeah, then there's like One Piece ones, Gundam, yes. all kinds of shit. So. Yeah, I, I never know if that's why, or if people just like Dynasty Warriors. Yeah, uh, it does seem like the Dragon Quest. It's not as popular. It's not as popular, at least here, as like Final Fantasy. Yeah, whereas in Japan it's reverse. Mm. So people in Japan go cuckoo for Dragon Quest. Much more than Final Fantasy, you think? Yeah, definitely. Oh, that's weird. Um. And so then that brings us to Dragon Quest Eleven, which is an amazing JRPG. Uh, it is 
do you think it's one it's probably the best like old school style jrpgs of the generation yeah i would say that it's one of the only ones uh because it's just like a lot of these this game is classic almost to a fault right because it just it it's one of those things where it doesn't really introduce anything new to the formula it just is a big long jrpg that has that super basic turn-based combat and it's i i thought it was fun and i liked it so that's that's one of those things where this is one of where you, you they found the formula mm-hmm. don't fix what ain't broke i guess it was originally going to be action based and a lot of the remnants of that are still in there like you can move around in battle if you want uh they left that part in i turned that off because it made battles take longer yeah it was kind of like like a weird grid that didn't do anything yeah it served no purpose other than that it was originally going to be an action game and then fans revolted and they made it turn-based again so yeah i i I, there's not much that i can really say about dragon quest 11 other than that i really like it and it is just it is a great jrpg and it is very classic like it could have easily had lower tier graphics and been a super nintendo game which you can actually do in the switch version yes (laughs) you can just play it that way and the 3ds version actually uh made it look more like a ps1 game but that art style didn't come out here that that version of the game didn't come out in the u.s oh weird so there yeah there are like three different ways to play that game which is crazy yeah uh which i mean it seemed like anybody who talked about this game like was you know said great things about it um Mm -hmm. the one complaint quote unquote that i did hear is it did seem to go on a little too long and then like the game ends and then there's a lot more after the post credit post credits so um yep but like it does seem like is it at least a satisfying ending if you don't if you just kind of stop at the first credits or is it something where like you've got to keep going uh i had to keep going i mean i would i would assume that most people would but i mean you could leave it at that if you wanted to it would just be vaguely depressing okay but that'd be (laughs) it would be okay right um yeah and it's just I don't know. It's a Dragon Quest game. Yeah, uh, I mean, that, it's that's a, good. As we said, it's a traditional turn-based JRPG. Yeah. Probably like, I, it, objectively speaking, it's. I would say it's probably the best one, just because like in with all the modern day conveniences of. Yeah. And it's also it's the first one that had been on a home console since eight. The other ones were on uh 3d or ds regular ds and then 10 was uh was an mmo so do you think we will be seeing a dragon quest 12 anytime soon or do you think it's going to take a long time i think it'll take a long time they they kind of made it seem like they wanted to change the formula and so they wanted one last hurrah at making it that classic dragon quest so we'll we'll see how that pans out, but yeah, they they see in a lot of the interviews they suggested it would be a very long time. Okay. Uh, and then next up, we have the Final Fantasy VII remake, which I won't talk about again because I just kind of talked about it at length earlier. But I really like it, and I think Square did a good job. Speaking of Final Fantasy, you want to talk about the next one? <laughs> I, you know, I Final Fantasy fifteen. I I'm gonna try to 
be not as mean as I could be about this game because there are there are people out there who like Final Fantasy 15. And normally I would say very specific things about those people. Uh, it's all right. Like I have said a lot of just terrible <laughs> things about Breath of the Wild. I mean, like I say go wild with this, Manny. Like, dude, this game, I fucking hate this game. I, <laughs> I can't. It just it's disappointing. And then on top of it being disappointing, it just isn't good. I don't think it's one of those things where it took so fucking long to come out and they still couldn't even make it feel like a finished product. It, there are just so many things in it that you're like, this isn't done or there's no way you intended for this to be the story. And I, I actually, this is one of the, I've, this is one of the maddest I've ever gotten in my entire life. Having an argument with someone about something <laughs> is there are three DLC like chapters, right? And they are like episode Gladio, episode Ignis, and episode Prompto. And those are the three homies you have with Noctis, the main character. Is Ignis the one with the glasses? He is, yes. Okay. Uh, So there are parts in the game, in the actual fucking game, where those characters just leave or are not there. (laughs) And then they just come back later and are like, all right, we're here now. In one of those cases, something insanely huge and life-changing happens to that character. And you don't know what it is. But what if I told you that you could pay the low, low price of $30 for the season pass, and then you could find out what happened in those scenes? I thought they didn't even release the DLC. No, the first season they did. The second season, where they were going to do cool, interesting stuff, they did not release. Oh, awesome. So the argument I had with someone was who really liked the game and they were like, well, I really like those characters and I like this world. So I wanted to see more of it. And I was like, that's fucking bullshit. You're trying to tell me if I sold you a book and I ripped out six pages of the book and didn't tell you and I sold it to you and you read through it, you wouldn't get mad that those pages weren't there. And then you wouldn't get more mad when you came to me and said, these pages are missing. And I said, aha, what if you paid me $30 for these pages that are missing from the book? I sold you fuck man. And they were like, no, I don't, it's fine. They have to make money. And I was like, that's bullshit. This should not be this way. The fucking way that DLC is integrated into that original game is egregious at best. Oh man. I will argue that they probably lost a ton of money on that game. Oh, definitely. Because I remember their initial sales estimate for them to have been successful. They needed to sell 15 million copies. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it sold anywhere near that. And it was just like, well, yeah, obviously the game sucks and it took forever. The good news is they've probably made a lot of that back with Final Fantasy VII's. Yeah, and I think they made a lot of it back with 15 as well because they mm-hmm. so, uh, introduced a hundred other versions. Now there's like a special version that adds in more content that I don't even have and didn't come with the season pass. <laughs> so like, and that added like weird quality of life things and added segments to the main story. Fuck off. And just on top of that, it was, part of it is people will always try to defend it and be like, oh, well, you're just upset it's not like a classic Final Fantasy game. And that, that I think, is not something that can be used as a degradation of a Final Fantasy game now. Because after 12, 
they were all different. Like they weren't just turn-based games anymore. 12 might as well be a single player MMO. And then 11 was an MMO. 14 was an MMO. Uh, None of them have been turn-based since 10. You know what I mean? So it's, it's one of those things where it's like, no, it's not that this isn't final fantasy. It's just that it is not a good product. I don't think. (sighs) Yeah. It seemed like the combat, they they didn't quite nail the like in between action and turn based. And so, whereas like, I think that final fantasy seven does nail the somewhere halfway between action and turn based. Whereas 15, it was one of those things where the button presses were not responsive enough for it to be an action game. And everything else didn't warrant it being a turn-based game. Right. Uh, do you think without 15, 7 wouldn't be as good, though? Do you I, think do they... think, I do think that. I think they learned a lot of lessons from 15 and what people felt about 15 and its combat. So, so, I mean, like, at least, worst case scenario, 15 is a great stepping stone for 7. And so that's true. And, like, I really like the battle system for 7, but I think if 15 didn't happen, the remake of 7 just would have been a turn-based game. Oh, yeah. And a lot of people would have preferred that, probably. Uh, yeah, but I haven't really heard anybody complain about the action in Final No, I, VII, so. I, I think that most people really like it. Yeah. With the exception of the person I know who hates the game. But, uh it's it's just it's 15 makes me so mad and i i it's hard because when i get so worked up and angry i can't properly describe why i think it sucks but the the whole crux of the game is that you're supposed to be on this like road trip with your bros and so in theory that's a cool concept because what i like about final fantasy games is you get to know those characters and care about them nothing that happens in final fantasy 15 makes me care about those characters and you don't really even get to know them and they tried to make that open world portion and like, that's fine. But then in the second half, they drop that and make it super linear. Cause they didn't have enough fucking time to finish anything and needed to get it out. Cool characters are totally robbed of their entire moments in that game by dying off screen. I will never get over that. I will never get over. Oh my God. I, you, he literally dies off screen and then you have to read pieces of paper on the ground to find out why he died. Oh, oh. so like you could just miss it no well i mean if you just didn't choose to read the pieces of paper yeah I okay guess. yeah the second half of that game is just fucking abysmal and then the plot ceases to fucking make sense like 10 hours in it's, just, it's not great and i don't like it and i know there are people out there who do and i will never i will never understand good thing i mostly don't know those people <laughs> Uh, yeah. Uh, the next games are Just Cause 3 and 4, which... Just Cause 3 is so fun. (laughs) So you've played it? Uh, yeah, I've played 2 and a little bit of 3. Okay. I... Just Cause is just stupid. Like, it is... It is the definition of just dumb open world fun. (laughs) A dumb open world, like, physics, just, like, just kind of dick around and do whatever you kind of want to do in it. Yeah, so I didn't play three very much, only a very little bit, mm-hmm. and it was one of those things where like it ran super poorly when it first came out, and just wasn't as fun as two. Whereas the whole, the whole like most open world games need to have a unique gimmick, right, in order to make them stand out. And just causes is that you have a grappling hook, and you can like grapple anything to anything. 
Uh, yeah, and you can just basically grapple hook rockets to whatever you want and just kind of make them fly and just as i said it's just like a it's an open world physics engine if you love just kind of like a sandbox just like dicking around with physics just cause is probably something that you're really going to be into Mm -hmm. but for me like that's not really something that i really enjoy that much um i'm not really the big sandbox person yeah, I mean, and then other than that, they are just, like, pretty generic open-world games outside of that. Like, yes. the missions are all basically, like, hey, go here, shoot these guys. Uh, four, I know, added tornadoes and, like, weird weather things. It, it, I don't think it was, like, tornadoes, and I think it was just, like, one humongous tornado in the middle of the screen. Interesting. Or in the middle of the map. Um, but I do remember with Just Cause 4, it... it came out right around the same time as Assassin's Creed Odyssey but the map was even bigger than Assassin's Creed Odyssey (laughs) and I was just like there's no way I could go from Assassin's Creed Odyssey which was probably the largest map I've ever played in a video game to an even bigger map in Just Cause 4 to be fair to Just Cause there are literal jets (laughs) that go insanely fast and yes. same thing the cars go really fast too so it's not like it's hard to traverse i guess not necessarily hard to tra- traverse but like i love open world games we've had this conversation but like yeah. even that was pushing it for me i mean that <laughs> i mean that's like going from breath of the wild to like an even bigger open world game like right after that you're just like i need at least a couple months break from open world games right now yeah um, and by all accounts, like three and four are pretty average at best. Like they, they do some fun, interesting things, but overall they don't push anything forward. They're just like, okay. And when they are not breaking under the load of their performance issues. And also they're it seems like they're objectively worse than the second just cause. Yeah. I feel that way. Which it's a different team that is developed three and four, you know, Two was a different developer, I believe. So, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, now, if you do want a fun sandbox experience, uh, Hitman is a great sandbox game, in my God. opinion. I this game is so fun. I oh man, I love Hitman, and I mm. love watching people play Hitman. Yes, it it just was so fun. And what sucked was they tried to reboot Hitman. I believe it was with Absolution a couple years prior and it just fell flat and people didn't really like it, which is crazy because the one before that was blood money. People love Hitman blood money. Yes. And so this game basically does just fully embrace how f- dumb the concept of Hitman is. And the fact that you can just wear a disguise. And despite the fact that you look the same as you did a minute ago, you're wearing a vest now. So like no one knows who the fuck you are and just throwing things at people, like throwing hammers from across the room. It's just so stupid. Throwing things like throwing a hammer is better than pulling out a gun in, in this game. Yes. Which I appreciate because it just, it allows for just such great hijinks. And just this fun, just kind of, if you really kind of play this game straight and just kind of do the opportunities, it ends up feeling a lot more like a puzzle game almost where you're just kind of just, just kind of, uh, 
trial and error and then just be like, oh shit, I fucked up. And now I have to deal with these ramifications. Now I got to kill someone, switch over and make sure I don't get caught. It's just like this chaotic puzzle that it just, it just works somehow. Yeah. And it just, like you said, it's just a bunch of shenanigans basically. (laughs) Like I, I remember the first time I played and I, I did complete the target, but it was not without almost failing in spectacular fashion. Mm -hmm. And then just like the way the AI fucks up sometimes or like they don't see you when they clearly should. It's just, it's fun Mm -hmm. and it knows that it's broken at times. And it just like, it plays with that a little bit. And so it just, it knows exactly what it is and it makes it fun and exciting. Yeah. Did you play all the maps or did you just kind of play a couple of them? Uh, I played the first two maps, I believe. Which the first one was the, the cardboard ship did you do that one? yeah i did that one and then i did the first like real map which is the paris map which is the party right yes yeah okay that that's probably my favorite well see like it's either that or i believe it's marrakesh where you're like in like the southern america <laughs> yeah uh, it's one of the one of those two but like even like the marrakesh one has like the uh uh, where you have to go into the lab and destroy the virus or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that part got like really difficult. <laughs> um, now for that one, I always think of uh, Dan Riker in uh, the hits miss, oh, the giant yeah. bomb hits miss where he got to start there and do that first, but then like had to like mow down like 15 people with a, with the gun. It, it's just, man, those giant bomb hits miss were my favorite part of giant bomb like uh just like end of the year stuff and i was so disappointed that they didn't do another one this year yeah that was a bummer Uh, but yeah hitman is fun and good news (laughs) square let io go developer and let them be independent and said you know what just take hitman with you yeah and they said okay and then they made hitman 2 (laughs) and then just put hitman 1 into hitman 2 and it's wild because i don't this is one of the situations where square's expectations for sales make no sense (laughs) like the fact that they thought they were going to sell 15 million copies of final fantasy 15 was a fucking pipe dream like even if it was insanely successful they never would have hit that and then hitman did super well reviewed very positively people loved it and they were like all right but not good enough for us get the fuck out of here and then the same thing happened with tomb raider where the first two Tomb Raider games did super well, and they were like, yeah, but they performed below expectations. Mm-hmm. And it was like, what <laughs> What the fuck were your expectations? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I, uh, I think, like, they spend so much money on Final Fantasy that they expect, like, all their other franchises to basically fund Final Fantasy. That's just, like, my running theory. I guess and it's one of those things so someone tried to explain it to me once um, in that the reason that those games didn't meet their target was because other games were made and they had to reach like they had to cover the cost of those games in order for these new ones to be considered a success 
Okay, I guess that. And so, but but then it's not. But then, how is that the fault of Tomb Raider? How is that the fault yeah, yeah. of Hitman? You know what I mean? Like they shouldn't take the fall for that. I don't know. That just seems stupid to me. I mean, it makes sense from a business perspective, but it doesn't make sense from a logical perspective, in my no, opinion. No. Yes. Um, which I assume, like anytime you're making video games, you have to have some expectations that, like any like especially at the beginning of any project it could just kind of like crash and burn and then Mm. you just have to take whatever assets and ideas you had and maybe incorporate them into a different game yeah which i think happens all the time Mm -hmm. so i would say that's just square enix just poor planning on square enix's part definitely uh, but yeah, it's just bizarre that they're just like, yeah, you can have the Hitman license, and we just don't want to have you IO anymore. So you can yeah, just like goodbye. See ya. <laughs> you can just like do whatever you want. You can keep your game and like all the stuff you programmed while we were paying you to do that. But like, that's fine. It's just like, what the fuck? Norton stuff never happens like that. Yeah, it's um. Which then, uh, which we'll talk about them in a couple weeks, but Warner Brothers picked them up, and that's when I guess we'll talk about Hitman 2. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I, I bet Hitman 2 is probably pretty cheap now. I, and as I said, you get Hitman 1 and 2. I know, so it's, it's very exciting. Yes. Uh, but now let's talk about I Am Setsuna. Oh, uh, boy. This game is not good. Uh, so like I, I can't even be mean about it. I just I think it's not good. And so this was a new studio that Square Enix made. This is our first game, and they're literally called Tokyo RPG Factory. Mm-hmm. In theory, the games that this this studio makes should be for me completely, and I should like them a lot. They so this first game literally has the same battle system as Chrono Trigger, same exact battle system. And when they came out and said that, and then tried to say, yeah, we're trying to make it a slightly shorter RPG experience, like 15 to 20 hours, like you would for a playthrough of Chrono Trigger. And we want you to have the same emotional attachment that you would get to those characters. And we're going to tell a super compelling story that doesn't happen. <laughs> um, in some ways, like, I want to make a shorter turn-based uh, RPG game in the style of Chrono Trigger. Like that seems somewhat oh, possible. I get it. It's fully possible, and I understand that it is. But then this game, this game is not it, right? Does it just lack any charm? It lacks any charm, and all of the music, all of the music is piano-only arrangements. Okay. And so that's not negative on its own. But let me tell you what, dude, after the 15th hour of hearing the same piano arrangement, you just want to find the nearest piano and smash it (laughs) to bits because it's like they have no like differentiation. So it's like, is this the same song that's fucking been playing this whole time? I don't even know anymore. And and none of them were super great either. So it was just like, this all sounds the same. And the whole world is snow. So there's no differentiation in any of the areas. It's all snow. None of the writing was particularly good. And the story was very predictable and filled with a ton, a ton of tropes that happen in like every JRPG. Like, oh, somebody's got amnesia. This person's whole thing is we're taking her on a journey because she needs to get sacrificed. And it's like, yeah, I played Final Fantasy X. I know all about this plot. Uh, Did Uh, you have to save the world? Oh, dude, of course. Okay. Every time. The, the world was going to end. Mm-hmm. We had to save it. Um, and yeah, like it, it, it just doesn't, 
it lacks any kind of real charm, I think is what, what it comes down to. And part of it is because like, yeah, the music is all sounds very similar and all of the areas look almost identical because it's just, Oh, it's another snowy town. Okay. This is the sixth snowy town. And then by all accounts, the characters were flat as well. Yeah. And like, then the battle system is like fine because it's just like, it's that Chrono Trigger battle system, but it, the the systems need to work in conjunction for it to actually work out and be a good game, and it just doesn't really do that. Do you want to just talk about the other art, Tokyo RPG, or do you yeah. need a, do you need a break between? No, so I did. I didn't play the other two, but I know okay. about them. So, so the other two, Lost Sphere and uh, oh fuck, Oninaki. Yes, Oninaki is the is the newest one that just came out. And Oninaki, I actually almost bought because they almost tricked me. It almost got me good. <laughs> I like saw a trailer and it was about like how they, I don't know. It has, it has something to do with death. Like I, the, the main character, like they're like grim reapers or something. I don't remember exactly, but it sounded cool. And then I saw the gameplay and was like, Oh no, 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 you can't get, you can't get me with this. And it was like this weird, almost actiony thing. Mm-hmm. And it just, then I heard the voice acting and some of the music and was like, no, thanks. Uh, and so I, I don't know if they're going to make another one. They haven't announced a game after Oninaki, um, but Lost Sphere, I I saw someone play the demo, and it has that another similar like Chrono Trigger esque battle system, and it's definitely better than I Am Setsuna, uh, but I think it runs into a lot of the same issues where it's just totally lacking in most personality, and it, it it's almost like someone paid an AI to play every super Nintendo RPG and then said, okay, now make one yourself. (laughs) And so then the robot who doesn't have or understand emotions makes a super Nintendo RPG is what it's what they feel like to me. And so, yeah, like even lost fear should totally be for me. Like they all get into mechs and shit and then they fight in turn-based battles. I love Xeno gears. I, you know, I love Xeno saga. I'm all about it. It just, yeah, they just don't, there's, there's like some magic ingredient that's missing. And I, I hope that they will make a game that finally clicks with a lot of people, but it's just one of those things. And it's not even like, I expect them to be these huge sprawling RPGs. Like I'm okay with a smaller bite-sized one. That's like 10 hours or something. It's just that they have to effectively do what they're trying to do. They just don't. Yeah. Um, so looking at the Metacritic for all three games. Yeah. I Am Setsuna has a 74. Uh-huh. Uh, Lost Fear has a 68. But then Oninaki has a 69, so they're getting better. <laughs> we'll see. And uh, so, like, a lot of websites didn't actually review them. Yeah, it seems like they a lot reviewed I Am Setsuna. Yeah. And then after that, they're like, mm, I guess we don't need to review these games. Yeah, and so it not many outlets do review them, and when they do, they're a lot of them are RPG specific outlets. Mm-hmm. So then they tend to rate them slightly more highly than they would, uh, like a regular outlet would rate them. Right, it's just, it's just strange. Yeah, it, but it, it does seem like you're talking middling at best. I mean, like yeah, for sure. Sixties when a game gets into the sixties and Metacritic, it's typically not even worth playing. Which I, I hate yeah. to say, but like when most good games are getting like 80s or high 70s, like why even waste your time with 60s? Well, and it's one of those things too where it's not like we're, you and me are not kids anymore. No. So it's not like, 
when we get a game, we have to really make a decision and then like it. It's one of those things where we can generally play what we want to play and we know what we like at this point. Yes. And now there are so many games that come out, well, except for the, with the exception of right now, uh, that like you, it's just if there's something better out, just play that. You know what I mean? Which like, we, why play something that's middling when you could play something that you know is better? We, I mean, we just talked about like if you want to play a JRPG, play Dragon Quest, play um, Persona Five. I mean, Royal is right there. Uh, yeah, if you're like, you could go action, play a ton of stuff. I mean, they're just like even if you want a JRPG, they're just better JRPG options. And it yeah. seems like these are not like they're smaller in scale, but they're not that much cheaper in price. So like it, you might as well just go for like the actual AAA bigger experience. So yeah, I don't really know what the, who these games, like the audience for these games are in theory, me, <laughs> it's just not working. <laughs> well, they have to make like, actually good games for, to get the people I would say. Yeah. I don't uh, know. It's ooh, weird. Do you want to talk about another chair? Yeah. <laughs> So I I like Kingdom Hearts uh, three. Yeah, yeah. I, I will say that I know a lot of people hate it, and I I'm a Kingdom Hearts three apologist and defender. I like it. I like the DLC where they fixed a lot of the issues that most people had with the main game. Uh, it just to be fair, a lot of it is bullshit. A lot of the Kingdom Hearts plot is bullshit. A lot of what happens in the third game is bullshit. But I expected it to be this way. <laughs> Like I went in Kingdom Hearts three is one of the only games where I went into it with the exact correct expectations. I think I feel like normally people either really push down their expectations so that they're not disappointed or they get them too high and then become disappointed. I entered Kingdom Hearts three with the exact correct expectations. I knew what that game was going to be as soon as they first showed it. And when they said this is the last one, quote unquote. I was like, all right, here we go. I I know I've played 800 Kingdom Hearts games at this point. I know exactly what this game will be. And they delivered exactly what I thought it would be. And it's just a middling at best action combat system that some crazy people think is like God's gift to the world and Kingdom Hearts 2. Only when you play on the hardest difficulty, though. If you don't play on the hardest difficulty, you don't understand the sublime action of Kingdom Hearts 2. Uh, and those people are crazy. Mm-hmm. And so like anyone who's expecting Kingdom Hearts 3 to be like that was setting themselves up for disappointment. It ends the arc and sets up a whole bunch of new crazy bullshit. And I'm here for the crazy bullshit. And I, at this point, I know exactly the kind of dumb anime shit that kingdom hearts is going to throw at me. And I'm, I'm here for it. And like the, I like mashing the buttons and it's flashy enough and it's fun enough for me to go through. Um, I like Disney stuff. So seeing the Disney stuff integrated in is fun. They added toy story, toy story fan number one over here. So that was great. Um, and could kingdom hearts three have been better? Absolutely. Was there ever a chance it was going to be? No way. No way were they going to be able to live up to the hype that they created by building all those games between Kingdom Hearts 2 and Kingdom Hearts 3. There's, there was no way it could do that. It's it's just it's a fine action game, and it's exactly what I expected. That's all I got. Uh, I forget. Did this game make your top 10 list? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Okay. I, I just couldn't remember if it was one that, like, it didn't quite make the cut or if it was like 
lower on your list. No, I'm like... I'm a crazy person, and I actually like Kingdom Hearts three more than most people did. So, which it does seem like the DLC fixed a lot of the issues people had. So it does, yeah. Like it adds in all the optional bosses. It changes some stuff in the main game to make it like a little bit more palatable, and they added difficulty options because people were bitching that it was too easy. And it's like, listen, man, have you ever played a Kingdom Hearts game before? If you play on normal, they're all too easy, quote unquote. Uh, so yeah, it, it, it fixed a lot of that stuff, mm-hmm. but it's one of those things where should you have to pay for that DLC to make it the game that it probably should have been like, not really. I don't think so, but that's the only way you can get it. So. Right. See, if I wanted to, I could play this because you, could, you should not because it's on game pass. So I don't even have to pay for it. That is true, but I still think you shouldn't play it. <laughs> uh, if I downloaded it and started playing it, how many hours before I stop? Two max. Two max? Okay. I was yeah. going to guess one. Yeah, I th- maximum of two. <laughs> and I, I like I, to you, I say don't even waste the time and yes. space on your Xbox. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, and I would, say that to, I would say that to most people probably. Mm-hmm. But. And this, this next one's for you. <laughs> uh, well, I tried it and I didn't care for it. Lara Croft. Oh, that's not this one. I'm thinking. No, okay. no, no. This is Lara later. Croft in the Temple of Osiris. This yeah, is... these are like the top down, like puzzly. Yes. Tomb which, Raider game, right? which it did feel like this was more like made to be like a co-op experience where you play with multiple people. Yeah. And I remember playing probably four or five hours of it. And it, it just, it was just one of those games where you're playing it and you're like, this just feels like it should be played in co-op and playing it by yourself is just not working. So yeah. I, I, the combat just didn't quite click and it wasn't just, it wasn't that much fun. And I was looking for more like the Tomb Raider series, which we'll talk about a little later, uh, so I didn't really care for this, but this was just like a vol- a very small spin-off thing that I'm guessing a very small team in Crustal Dynamics worked on. Yeah. Uh the next one we both played and we both played together, or at least the first yes. one, which was which is uh Life is Strange, which I guess we'll talk about all the Life is Strange stuff, but we played uh Life is Strange one together. Yeah, I beat Life is Strange, and then I played it again with Eunukia. Yes. Um, I I love the original Life is Strange. Uh, it is I big fan. Mm-hmm. And it it's just like it's it's a it's an adventure game where you have time control powers. It does seem it feels like they took the uh, Telltale formula, but mm-hmm. then actually put in like a really great plot. Yeah, and so one of the things is, so this is Don't Nod. Mm -hmm. The game they made before this is an action game called Remember Me that my brother knows that I didn't beat and asks me still once a week when I'm going to beat Remember Me. Uh, And the answer is never. I'm never going to beat it. Uh, But it had these sections that were time-rewinding mechanics, and so they brought that mechanic, which was the only good part of that game, uh, forward into Life is Strange and made a good game using that mechanic. Yeah, and it just it it really worked and just made it very unique and just made it feel very different from just like a Telltale game, where the Telltale games just didn't have those game mechanics. Mm-hmm. And it what made it interesting is like you could be talking to someone, get some information, rewind time, and then whatever you learn from that conversation, you you could just kind of like ask about that, and it would make the person 
like like you a little bit more and just make it a little bit more enjoyable like you would just have a better relationship with that person so it was a very interesting mechanic that they built into it um if i had to make one or not one mistake one complaint about the game is the ending did not quite hit with me the way it did for like i think everybody else hmm and I think it's because I didn't care for the character Chloe. Oh, yeah. Which is a major part of it. Yes. Yeah, so, like, if you don't like one of the characters, it makes the final decision a not very hard decision to make. Yeah. So, for me, like, it was a very easy decision of, like, what to do. And I think, so that kind of, like, kind of lessened the, the ending a bit. Yeah. Uh, which... I then played Before the Storm, which is all mm-hmm. about Chloe. Mm-hmm. And it's still just like, there's just something about that character that just does not click with me for whatever reason. I just don't, I, I don't know what it is. I just don't like her as a character. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was like four or five episodes, I believe. Yeah. And so the thing that I think was weird about that game, I didn't play anything other than the original Life is Strange, but... right then it doesn't have the time rewinding part, which is like the main differentiator about that game. Yes. And that ended, um, it didn't have like the main character. It was all about Chloe and it was a prequel to, um, life is strange one. Hence the name Mm -hmm. before the storm. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. And, and it wasn't even the same developer. Don't nod. Didn't even work on it. I don't know who the developer was, but it, definitely not don't nod no and then don't nod released uh the awesome adventures of captain spirit which was meant to be kind of like a precursor to life is strange 2 Mm -hmm. which i believe the awesome adventures of captain spirit is still free uh i think it is yeah so i mean like but like if you're gonna play life is strange 2 i think you should absolutely play that first which i mean it's not going to cost you anything anyways yeah uh but then life is strange 2 none of us play neither of us played and it's no is it on game pass now uh it see like it would like certain episodes would be but i don't think all of the episodes were ever on game pass so you'd Hmm. still have to spend money on some of them i believe interesting uh but like i don't it, it it was in such like a weird development hell where like it took like five or six months for some episodes to come out and it just yeah it it took uh life is strange 2 is fully available on game pass okay it is um um well this was a long time ago so maybe it's not anymore but Mm. it was at least i don't know for sure okay i'd have to look but uh yeah it it had a lot of weird things but now that it's all out i people seem to really like it Mm -hmm. so i am curious about that i just it's another one of those things where it doesn't have the mechanic of the time rewinding thing right so i just i don't know and i it's one of those things where i don't want to look up if there is some special mechanic because i think it will ruin part of the plot or something i think there is like something going on with the like younger brother where you're playing as the older brother yeah and he has like some special ability but i don't know like anything other than that yeah and like i think my thing is like i liked life is strange one and i liked max as a character but a lot of those characters are just kind of like 
angsty teenagers. Mm-hmm. And as a 30-year-old old man at this point, I just don't want to deal with, like, angsty teenagers. Especially <laughs> angsty teenagers that are written by, like, 40-year-old men, or 40-year-old people. I just, I don't know. There's something about it that just I don't have any interest in playing it at this point, unfortunately. Yeah. But I am excited in that this is not a Square Enix game. I am excited to look at uh, Twin Mirror, the next Don't Nod game. I don't know that I remember this. It's like a narrative adventure. It's a lot like uh, uh, Life is Strange, but it's all you're a detective and trying to solve like a uh, mystery type of thing. Hell yeah. You're like a, I think you're like an, a journalist or like an investigative journalist or something. In this <sighs> screenshot, the main character's naked. So uh, great. And I think it's coming out like sometime this year. I don't remember exactly when, but I, you may want to look at a trailer of this. I think you may be into it, Manny. It's not coming out in Japan. That's Okay. <laughs> I guess for very specific reasons. Uh oh. that's weird. Yeah. Which they I guess they can't say. It's it it's published by Bandai Namco, so hmm. that's cool. I will definitely try to check that out because yeah. I I like those types of uh detective y games. Yes, and it, it does seem like it's in very much the same style. So I, I do think it's one that we both would kinda enjoy. So Yeah. I when you must have seen it oh, in 2020. Yes. I probably saw it in something because but... it's showing like it was at E3 2018. So we definitely saw it. Oh, and yeah, I just don't remember it. Yeah, I it, the problem with E3 is like we see so much that we end up forgetting probably 75 percent of it. So. Yeah. Yep, but that's uh, definitely one that I have uh... on my list of games I'm keeping an eye on. Mm-hmm. Uh. Left Alive, I is a, it's a survival shooting game and yes. it's fine. I <laughs> the only thing I really know about this game is that the guy who did the art for most of the Metal Gear Solid covers did the art for this game. Yes, and it <laughs> and I remember people were kind of excited and they're like, "Oh, it looks like old Metal Gear Solid," and then it came out and then nobody ever talked about it ever. Yeah, because the only Metal Gear Solid looking part of it was just the art that the guy made because he did the art for the Metal Gear covers as well. Yes. Um, yeah. And then we already talked about Lost Sphere. Uh, Near Automata is probably one of your favorite games of the generation. I... Yeah, that's true. Um, it is wild that Yoko Taro was able to make a game that regular humans other than me enjoyed <laughs> and because he's crazy uh and Nier is one of those experiences uh that you can only get in a video game <laughs> because I can't say what happens but it's crazy lots of things happen in this game it's basically uh an existential crisis, but in video game form, I would say there's a lot, there's a lot going on, a lot of high level concepts uh, that normally wouldn't be put into a video game here. Mm-hmm. Um, but at its core, it's a okay action game. <laughs> well, it's like, it's not even, it's more than that. Cause like, it's a very interesting, like the way it's built, it's very interesting because like you play through the game once 
you get credits, but that doesn't mean the game is over. You then yeah. you then play through it again as a different character, I believe, correct? Correct, yep. But it's still like it's what's happening is what happened in your first playthrough, so it's a lot of the same content or similar Yeah, and content. then then it ends and the third one is you play as someone or uh, I think you play as 2B again. I can't remember now. It's been too long. But I do know uh, like, but then the new third, events happen. Yeah, the the third the fourth one is wildly different. And then yes, the fourth one it gets like even crazier. And so like the way I've heard it, it heard this described is don't think of it as like a first playthrough, a second playthrough, and a third playthrough, and etc. Think of it as like each each one is an act, mm-hmm. and you're just kind of like playing through these different acts, and like I, it, that makes a lot more sense because I do remember like if like you beat the game and finish it and the first time, it, it basically has like a warning that like hey. You saw credits, but this game is not over. You need to keep playing. Yeah, and so that's what I think is weird about this is because I played the original Nier, right? Right. So the original Nier is the same structure, essentially, or like it has a bunch of different endings, quote unquote, and then you start again. So like, I know that. And then it's like Yoko Taro made this game and it was going to get published here again. And some marketing person said, no, 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 no. Like we have to put this, we have to put this disclaimer in there because if people just stop playing there, they're not going to get it. And like, it's not going to be a full experience. Right. And so that's one of the weird things is where people always made like a huge deal about that, even though that's how like every Yoko Taro game, like including Dragon Guard has always been. Yeah. I mean, I can't really say too much other than like what i heard about it and it like yeah yeah. by all accounts like the story is incredible and just like yeah it's it's a it's an amazing experience to go through uh if if you can get through it you know what i mean like i i think there are some people who it it starts to drag on the second playthrough for them and i think once you get through the second playthrough then you realize like oh shit I see what's going on here and it just gets that much more interesting. Right. Uh, But it's one of those things where like, if the gameplay doesn't carry you, which it might not, because it's like, it's not platinum's best action gameplay. It's, it's fine. It's just not super deep. And so that makes it feel a little bit samey. Right. And obviously playing as different characters feels different. There's like slightly different weapons and stuff, but at a certain point, it's just like the, I, I felt like I was trying to get through the game part to get to the story part. Yeah. Which isn't like a negative. Like I enjoyed the combat enough. It's just, it, it's weird. But it's one of those things where like when you're playing a platinum game, it's weird that you're more interested in the story than like the combat. Yeah, for sure. Which I and mean, that's because plat Yoko Taro doesn't work for Platinum, right? Like he's yes. not for them. So right, that's he, why. they took basically a you know Square Enix uh, you know employee and he wrote the game, mm-hmm. and then Platinum you know made the actual gameplay. So it's yeah. just kind of weird. Mm-hmm. And then Octopath Traveler. Did you ever one of this game? No, definitely not. Okay. It's one of the only games I've ever fallen asleep while playing multiple times, I might add. Not just <laughs> once, twice. Uh, and I just, it should be for me a, a turn-based 
RPG that has a bunch of different characters in it, telling stories from different perspectives. They all have interesting abilities. It just is so fucking boring. And it's one of those things where you have to play through eight beginnings of a game or whatever, right? Like it's like you're playing through the beginning of a game eight times. And then the characters never truly interact with each other, even though they're all in the same party. Uh, the leveling requirements jump up so high that there are like these insane difficulty spikes if you and you have to grind and shit. And it just it does not do what it sets out to do other than that. It looks really pretty. Yeah, that art style is it's definitely one of the better looking games of the uh, the janitor. At least the art style is one of the best. Yeah. And so it's one of those things style. where I, the way I had heard it described that I thought was pretty accurate is Octopath Traveler is what games would look like if uh, every game was still in 2D. Yeah, probably. I mean, they so would. it's like the evolution of what 2D would have been like if 3D didn't take off. Yeah. And it just looks like like a picto book type of thing. Yeah, it's it's su- it's su- it looks super great, and I think most of the music is pretty good too. But it's just the every everything else is super forgettable and boring, um, which is a bummer because I think this team is capable of doing better things than that. Because like, bravely default was more interesting, uh, and then bravely second, and now bravely default two seems like it's going to be even more interesting. Uh, so so I know they're capable of doing better, right? So we'll see. And then we already talked about Oninaki. Yes. And so the Tomb Raider action is here. Yeah, I guess. Uh, and somehow they they both line up uh, next to each other. But like, yes, I really enjoyed the first Tomb Raider, which was the reboot, mm-hmm. uh, where she's just basically in the first one. She's just she's not even the Tomb Raider at this point. She is just like she's just on kind of like an island and just kind of excavating and just kind of looking into some temples and then all and in that first one you get to experience or kind of get the first kill so you really kind of see this like character transformation into what becomes the uh tomb raider in the in the trilogy of one two and three and by the end of three the shadow of the tomb raider she is the um she is like the tomb raider uh, the second one, I th- really kind of takes everything the first one did and just kind of made it better. Uh, one of the complaints I know with the game for some people was that, like, most of the game, you're all in just kind of one location, which was Siberia. So it is just very snowy, and unlike its counterpart, which is Uncharted, where Uncharted, it, it after the first one, it just feels like this globetrotting adventure. Mm-hmm. where you know rise of the tomb raider especially you're just basically in that one location so you don't really get that globe trotting but there's just something about the crafting and then with this you get the you you level up uh laura and so it's got a little bit of rpg elements and what i love is the bow and arrow it's just i love using a bow and arrow which i know you're not in, as into using a bow and arrow and yeah. it, it's just a very well made action game and um it's not quite an open world but it's kind of like the uncharted lost legacy open areas every area is kind of like that where they're just kind of like they're just a bunch of like small open areas that you can just kind of run in it around and explore it's just a very solid well-made game and so i was as you know i was very excited for shadow of the tomb raider which would be the end of the trilogy and then 
Crystal Day, then it was announced that Crystal Dynamics will not be working on this because they're working on something else. <laughs> Which we can talk about that in a minute. But so then it was I, I, Eidos Montreal who made Shadow of the Tomb Raider. And mm-hmm. it just felt where Rise of the Tomb Raider was just an extremely polished experience. Shadow of the Tomb Raider just, it did not have that polish. It just felt, it, it just wasn't all the way there. It's hard to explain. It, it's like they took a good to great game, but it just, it didn't have that four or five months of extra polish that, you know, great games have. So it just, it, it was off and it was just ultimately disappointing. Yeah. And then... I remember playing it and just being like, well, this is extremely disappointing, but it's okay because Crystal Dynamics is working on a Marvel game. Oh, yeah. And at the time, all we knew that they were working on a Marvel game. We didn't know what the game was exactly. And then I found out uh, what that Marvel game is, and it just makes Shadow of the Tomb Raider that much more disappointing. (laughs) I can see that for sure. Uh, I mean, like, I don't even, like, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, it's not bad. It's just, like, mediocre-ish and just, like, okay. But when you really enjoy and think, like, one a series is, the first two are great, and then the third one's just, like, not there, it's just very blah. Yeah, that's a bummer. Yes, which I know I talked about it more in depth on the podcast when, when it first came out, but... The weird thing is I've kind of forgotten a lot of stuff that happened in the third one, where the second one was much more memorable. I remember a lot more of the second one than the third one. Yeah. Uh, apparently, I missed some Star Oceans on this list. Uh, so Star Ocean First Departure is just the 800th remake of the original Star Ocean. Okay. Uh, it's fine. Um, I, I did not play this one, but I saw it, and I have played... <laughs> one or two of the other remakes of the original star ocean along with the original so right it's fine uh it's a it's a decent remake um but star ocean integrity and faithlessness talk about a shit show i i love star ocean um and i it's just a cool franchise because jrpgs generally outside of like final fantasy 7 are usually more uh, like medieval settings or like high fantasy type things. They usually don't deal with science fiction and space. And so th- that's what star ocean is. It's a JRPG about space. And right. so that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the developer try ACE, they were not really being allowed to make a new star ocean game. And so they finally got the go ahead to do it, but they were given a really low budget compared to what they would have gotten before. And so it was like they were being set up to fail. (laughs) And boy, did they fail. Uh, It just... Oh, fuck. I I couldn't even beat this. Like, it wasn't even a thing where I just got near the end and do what I normally do with JRPGs, where I stop. It just... It was so bad, I couldn't do it anymore. I had to stop. I remember this because our friend Nukio imported the Japanese version for PS3 when it first came out and he played all the way through it and he thought it was okay because like the f- battle system in star ocean games is uh, 
semi-action-y. Right. And he just enjoyed that. He has no idea what they're saying, can't read any of the text, thinks it's fine. Which I think it's also important to note that, like, Star Ocean is one of his favorite games of all time. Yeah, the Star Ocean uh, 3 is literally his favorite game of all time. Yeah, I don't know which so, one, but like, I knew it was one of them. So, so yeah, this is this is Star Ocean 5. I think I said 4 earlier, but 4 was a different one. Okay. Um. So... He played through this in Japanese and thought it was fine. Mm -hmm. And then he bought the U.S. version, as did I. I couldn't take it almost immediately because none of the character interactions were believable that these were humans interacting with each other. They're, the fucking the main crux of the game is like the main character meets this girl who crash lands on his planet. And he immediately, without even knowing who she is, throws away his entire life instantly to protect this girl that he literally doesn't know and is going to get killed for. And it was like, dude, sometimes I get it. Love at first sight. And if you saw the scenes of this game, it makes zero sense. And it's just the least fucking believable thing in the world. And then they just keep introducing these characters that are terrible. And the English voice acting is just the fucking worst thing I've ever heard. And uh, everything is super linear compared to uh, previous Star Ocean games. And the only saving grace is that the battle system is generally like fine. Right. But it's even, even then it's not even like good by Star Ocean game comparisons. <laughs> so it's just, it. God, it was so bad. And I, to be fair to them, I don't think it was full price. I think it was only $40. I think they knew it was going to tank in America. Um yeah what a fucking bummer and now they're never gonna make another star ocean game because of this yeah it's at least i guess at least we got the other ones for the people that really liked them that's yeah that's true um but yeah that's i just know it came out it did not set the world on fire no and yeah i don't i when did it come out 2017 uh 2016 or 2017 i can't recall because it was a uh, it was for ps3 in japan but it came out for ps4 here okay it was 2018 so. july 10th 2018 i guess that makes sense because i believe that's when nukio left i mean it came out right that can't before. be real it says worldwide july 10th 2018 i i can't believe that it feels like it was a lifetime ago <laughs> i mean okay like... no it, it came out in 2016 well, yeah, uh, the Japanese version. I'm talking the. No, the U.S. version came out in 2016 or 2017 as well. No, though it's for sure worldwide, July 10th, 2018. No, NA June 28th, 2016. Am I looking at something? Oh, I'm looking at is a free to play role playing. I'm looking at Amnesis. What is Emma Anna Amnesis? No idea. Oh, that's something that. I'll... Okay, my bad. No, because I was going to say there's no way that came out in 2018. My entire timeline is ruined. Okay. You, That's crazy. I don't know what this is then. It's Star Ocean and an them. Oh, that's the mobile game, I believe. Okay. That came out in 2018. 2016 in Japan, 2018 worldwide. So, Yeah, so that that's the mobile game. Okay. Definitely. Um yeah this the integrity and faithlessness bad, what a, bad 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 what a bad name uh that's a very jrpg name uh, yeah i realize that but just like generic jrpg name to me oh uh, yeah and it also doesn't really make sense in the context of the plot or anything so 
IGN with that 5 out of 10. Yikes. Uh, the next game seems like a cool concept, the Turing Test. It's like a puzzle game, but it's all in like space, and you're just kind of like... I think it all has to do with AI, I believe. Yeah, that's what the Turing Test is in real life, is if uh, computers can pass as human. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. I didn't know it was a real-world thing. Yeah. I assume you didn't play this. I did not. I just know it's a first-person puzzle game. Yes, and it... By all accounts, like it was well received. I think people generally liked, I enjoyed the 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 game. Which I know it's on Game Pass if you're kind of interested. But I have to be in the mood for a puzzle game, and so like I just I haven't touched it personally. Yeah. Uh, Thief. I talked about a few months ago. I didn't care for it. It's just kind of first person platforming where you're just kind of running around a world uh being a thief and stealing things there was a plot but i didn't get far enough in to really to tell you what happens in the plot (laughs) the game exists it's another it's another idos montreal game that just not for me yeah uh, Trials of Mana is something that so, just came out. Yeah, this just came out. It's a remake of the Super Nintendo game Sink and Densetsu 3. Yes. Uh, which never got a US release until this past summer on uh, the Super Nintendo game finally came out with an official English translation. I was playing fan translations of that game in like 2000. So <laughs> it existed in English, just not in an official capacity. Uh, this is so the they had remade the original Secret of Mana a couple years ago and that remake was terrible this one uh seems to be pretty good actually people are enjoying it it, it literally just came out like last week i think yes. uh, so I, I i have heard mostly positive things it does look graphically not great i think and the animation is kind of janky but uh it seems like it does a good job of up a super nintendo game to be on modern consoles yeah oh. sorry i'm just distracted by the next game coming up i just like okay yeah the so the next game coming up <laughs> actually okay hang on we'll talk about that last okay tropico okay. six neither of us have played okay no, it's a, it's it's a, it is like that's a building simulation yes, yeah like it's like a city manage management maybe even like an empire management where like you can just build were you like in control of like a South American city or something? And, and but like you yeah. can get like the Statue of Liberty and like the pyramids. It gets really weird. Yeah, you just like are basically like a dictator. Yes, and, uh, and you yeah you build a dictatorship more or less. Um, it does seem like a neat enough concept, and obviously it's popular enough to have six of them. But like I have to be in. It's another one of those like genres that i have to be in the mood to play and mm-hmm. i don't know late the last couple of years i just haven't been in the mood to play these kind of games so yeah well you know what no one's ever in the mood to play the quiet man <laughs> i we got i gotta preface this if you have never seen gameplay of the quiet man uh it's a very short game and you should fucking watch a video of it manny can i confess and... something 
Yeah. I've never seen gameplay of it. I know it's like live action. You should watch a playthrough of The Quiet Man. (laughs) It is fucking, oh my fucking God, this game. I saw trailers and that was enough for me to know. So there is, there, some sequences are live action, Mm -hmm. but a majority of it is just the fucking worst 3d you've ever seen oh really it it's looks not all like it's not just all like live action fmv no i thought no, the whole thing was fmv no the beat-em-up sequences are Wait, there's there's uh, actual combat yes oh it's no. so it's so bad dog it i can't even begin to describe to you how terrible the combat is and it's only like an hour and a half, two hours. And the the crux of this game, in theory, in extreme theory, is cool. The guy you play as is deaf, so he can't hear anything. <laughs> now, that's fine. But that means that you see every cutscene with no sound. <laughs> and there are no subtitles, so you don't know what's actually happening. You don't know why anything is happening. But to throw you off, the first maybe 10 minutes do have sound. And so then you think once that's over, is it broken? I don't know. <laughs> uh, so you have that for the whole game. Uh, but it's just it doesn't really even have music. It's just, uh, you know, silent and not fun and you really are trying to piece together what happens in the story but i don't really understand there's a part where like there's this girl that he's trying to rescue but then like that girl might also be his mom but like maybe his girlfriend you don't know i don't know (laughs) and so after after you beat it uh they put out a patch afterwards so you can watch all the cutscenes with voice I have never seen this version of it, but I have watched people try to play that version of it. Okay. And it not work successfully. Oh, no. So they had to play through the first part that had sound about six or seven times to figure out at the second stage that it did not, in fact, have the sound version. Oh, my God. And then the menus, you go to the menus and they're just symbols. There's no words. And some of them don't make sense. Like, so like for turning up the volume or changing brightness and stuff, they're all just symbols and none of them make sense. (laughs) Oh, it's a glorious piece of garbage. It's, it's so funny. I, oh my God. Parts of it are definitely painful to watch, but it is, uh, it, it, it's hilarious as well. Okay. Definitely a negative. Oh my God. It's on sale on PS4 for $4 and 95, $4 and 94 cents. Dang. You know, I will. The one good thing about this game is a very common complaint with like review outlets are like the 10 point scale. There's no point to it. You know, like most outlets, they give out tens, which is rare, but like nines, eights, sevens, and the occasional six. You never see anything go below six, pretty much. You know, but the reason why. <laughs> They keep them is for games like The Quiet Man, Manny. Because sometimes <laughs> you need to really tell your audience that this game is one of the worst experiences you will ever have. It's so funny. It's so bad. <laughs> it's like I can't I can't get over how bad mm. it is. And I remember like when it was playable at like packs and stuff. And 
I just remember critics telling other critics like you you got to play the quiet man like you mm-hmm. you can't be- you can't believe it you have to play it and so some people took that as like oh that must be so cool and then they'd play it and be like what the fuck do, do you do you know what do you know what the fucking quiet man's metacritic score is uh, like twenty seven on PS four twenty eight twenty eight twenty eight yeah. What the fuck? There's one positive review. Oh my god! It's they gave it an eight. I mean, it's got to be. 10? That's got to be like four, like a like a five star system, and they gave it a four. It's it's not without issues, but these are the kinds of experiences that really stick in your mind. <laughs> it certainly sticks in your mind, dog. What the fuck is this? Oh, there's a lot of weird anime porn ads on the side of this website. Mm. Uh, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, it was a five star system. They gave it a four. A four. Yeah. God, is it sad that I'm considering buying this for five dollars, and then I, I mean I could play through it, and then I could stream for you. <laughs> then you can- you could. Okay, okay, okay. This is this is amazing. Mm-hmm. The the top review here, the only positive review is an 80. What do you think the next best review is? Oh. It, it, wait, okay. So you said it's 28. The Metacritic 28. is average. Medic Okay. How many yeah. reviews? Uh 22. Oh my god. It's got to be like a 40 or 50. It's a 45. <laughs> the second best review for The Quiet Man is a 45. Okay. Yeah, that's... <laughs> See, like, it being so bad makes me curious. Oh, dude, it's funny. I don't know that you should pay $4, but you should definitely, like, Giant Bomb has streamed it a couple times. Mm-hmm. Uh, during like extra life streams and stuff, uh, it's yeah. But then I can stream it for you. The, the the part I'd have to play it twice, obviously. Uh, which I don't know if I'm prepared to do right now. <laughs> this user review: Square is dead. Game over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is a game about a deaf guy, but can only be appreciated by blind people. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Okay, so that's yeah, that's, that's all of them. Man, yeah, that's all of them. They're, <sighs> Square's not great, dog. Square's had a rough generation. Eh? Well, we can like positives. Dragon Quest, Dragon Quest. Brothers. I like Dragon Quest. A dra- a Final Fantasy VII remake is good. Hitman, Dragon Quest Builders, Hitman, Near Kingdom Hearts, the, the Rise of the Tomb Raider, Life is Strange. Yeah, uh, there are a lot of these. <laughs> Do not hit the mark. And then there's a lot of minuses, uh, like especially for you, Final Fantasy 15. I am such. Well, we'll just say like all of the Tokyo RPG Factory. Yeah, minuses. they're not. They're not great. Octopath Traveler, Star Ocean. I, the Quiet Man has to be a negative. I mean, there's there's no world where that isn't a negative. To me, like all the negatives outweigh the positives, and this just kind of ends up being like a net zero it's pretty bad so like if you're ranking this where would you put this 10th place you would put it you would i just think replace that it i think Activ- i think that i think that they're better than activision i mean like it, for me it's call of duty and destiny versus rise of the tomb raider and life is strange and hitman 
Yeah. And I'm okay with that. Yeah, like I... There's no world in which this is a good showing. (laughs) Or that it's higher than a C. See, this is where it gets weird. Like, I would give it a C, but I would probably go as high as to say it's better than Blizzard. But, like, Blizzard is just not the the publisher for me. No, and I I do like most Blizzard games. I just... I guess I could see that, but it's one of those things where, like, both of those will be gone. You know what I mean? We have to one week at a time, Manny. <laughs> no, I know, but, like, they're both going to go away. I just think mm-hmm. that uh, there are Blizzard games. Like, Blizzard did some disappointing things yes. this this time, but gen- generally I think their games are okay. Right. Like, Square did some bad stuff. But then they and did like some really. They great did. They stuff. did some pretty good stuff, and that's why, like, I really like Sekiro, right? And like, I think that Destiny is a good franchise, and yes. like, I get a lot of people like Call of Duty. Yes. Whereas, if I was pitting myself against that, like, I like Dragon Quest more than I like those things. I like Kingdom Hearts, weirdly enough, more than I like those things, uh, or just like. I don't know, like just JRPGs, like what the company is. Yes. I like better than Activision, well, but that that, that is best. also why I'm so much more critical mm-hmm. of them as a company. I, I mean, I at its best, I mean it's probably uh, among some of the best. You know, at, when Square Enix is at their best, I mean it's some of the best of the generation. It's just like when they're not at their best, it's a trash fire. The Quiet Man is unforgivable (laughs) it is it is an unforgivable product like i can't believe that someone fucking played that and was like yeah this is this is cool it's art we gotta put this out there yeah like what yeah that's just a like i I just i can only imagine a play tester like getting done and they're like so what'd you think (laughs) and they're just like what the fuck is this yeah Oh man! Oh, in the thugs you fight. Sorry, in the quiet man, they're like all the same three guys mm. the whole time. <laughs> you're okay. Uh, so you, you're pushing for tenth, right? Like tenth place. I think it should be tenth place. Okay, I just but... like with near Automata, Final Fantasy VII, Dragon Quest. You still think it should be tenth? I just want to make sure. Just think about those three games. <sighs> I, and I really like those games. I do, I do think Square should be tenth place though. Okay, because like this is more Square is more you than me. So like yeah. I, I I mean like I feel like you are going to be the one that would have to make that that decision because like it we talked about what we're going to do at the end of this and like a couple Square Enix games could end up like being talked about at the end of all of this. So like yeah, it does seem weird to, to have them so low. So that's. No, I I like two of the Square Enix games. I think are very good. Yes. It's just as as a whole, mm-hmm. it's a just a shit show. So I I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's that's perfectly fine. Yeah. So Square Enix is going in at number ten, which is going to be kicking off Activision. Mm-hmm. So Square Enix, we agreed it's gonna get a C. Um, um, and just I mean, they have one more game coming, Matt. What is oh Marvel? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. I honestly, I don't even think that's going to be a this generation game. I think that's going to get delayed. 
Can they do that? Yeah, they can be like, oh, coronavirus. Oh, no. (laughs) That's not funny. Coronavirus is not funny. But that's what I think they're going to do. No, I know. I know. I'm just, that's, oh, God. This game would be good, but the coronavirus just really fucked everything up, guys. We got to delay this. Yeah. So I think they have an out. And I think they do definitely have an out. I I think that they're going to double down. I think that they're going to because it's supposed to be a live game. I think they're going to get it out on the PS4 and Xbox One, and then they're going to continue the magic for years to come. Oh God, it's going to be like every other one of those where it's just like, why was this launched now? Just wait a year. Oh my God, it's going to be good in like 2022. That's my prediction. Hey. They got to start somewhere. Sure. So, anyways, we said Square Enix at number 10. Uh, we have Blizzard at number 9. At number 8 is Chucklefish. At number 7 is Bethesda, which is basically Square Enix in very similar ways, where they've had some really high highs and some really low lows. Yeah. But, like, Fallout 76 is kind of turned around. And is yeah, it's got NPCs be. now. Yeah. Total, totally different. It, it generally more people are positive about fallout 76 or at least more positive about it they're definitely more positive so yes uh number six is bandai namco number five is 505 games number four is sega number three is capcom number two is sony and number one is nintendo you know what's interesting about this list manny what the top four four publishers are all J- japanese that is true and five of the top six are Japanese. That is true. Uh, Although, like, yeah, a, a lot of well, so so is so is Square, right? Square is weird because they're a lot of their studios are Canadian. That's true, uh, but like Sony's also weird. Where like I, they're actually now based out of California, I believe, right? Uh, so the, I mean, the HQ I think is still in Japan, but I I think most first party Sony studios are American studios. No, I mean like isn't like PlayStation like headquarters in California now? Oh, I don't know if that's true or not. I think they kind of moved everything over. Where like Sony, like like Sony as the company is still Japan, but I don't know if place. I think PlayStation might be more Western at this point. But yeah. But on but then also Sega's weird because like they started out as an American company, so yeah, and they have so many studios all over the place, so it's just weird. Yeah, and then Five Hundred Five is just a publisher; they don't really make their own games for the most part. So, Mm -hmm. but anyway, uh, that is our list. Uh, Next week we are talking about Take Two, which will be Two K Games and Rockstar. Which yes. Rockstar will be a quick one because they did one game this year, mm-hmm. or this one, this generation. Yeah, they did. So, um, do you have anything else to add, or I guess we're gonna start wrapping up now? Yeah, I think that's all I've got. Oh, uh, yeah. Just give me a second here. I want to check okay. check my Reddit. Okay. Oh, to see if you got the answer to your question. Oh, he didn't. He. I don't think he's gonna respond. Damn it. Sorry that's okay i wish i we'll had, find out someday if i had seen that ama a little sooner i think we could have gotten an answer but that's okay we'll yeah. find out someday about jeff Keeley's crazy photo 
yeah. but with that that'll do it for us here as always the theme operation the theme operation <laughs> the theme song is sting operation by the band Anamanaguchi. awesome chiptune band check them out and you can catch us next week peace out peace out